0: Good morning, you all.
1: Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. <laughs>
2: Shabbat shalom. Ah, we begin to gather.
3: Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.
2: Ah, good to see you all. Good to see you all. Boker Tobas, as they say in the Ivrit. Dobre utre. Dobre utre, kak That's for you, Doris. <laughs> Thank you. you, my friend. There we go. Hi. Oh, good morning. Good morning, you all. I have to admit, I'm running a little bit behind. I had a whole bunch of things I was going to have completed by now. And so... Uh, oh, Right. A little so bit you, of preparation for Shabbat, you know. So your small horse is dragging on. That's basically it. Yeah. Hi, Randall. How are you? Good, brother. How are good. you? Doing? doing very well.
4: Hey, Doctor P. You know, that was an awesome study Thursday night. It was just, you know, I was listening to it again this morning. It was so powerful.
2: Oh, thank you so much, oh. Yoshi. That is just oh. good to hear. Thank you.
4: It was so uplifting, really. I mean, the things you were talking about, because, you know, there's so many people that don't understand about the Echad of Yahuwah. They still think that, you know, when you look at Revelation, when you look up, when it talks about then the lamb takes the scroll from the father. Everybody still thinks a lot of people still believe that there are three different, you know, persons in a sense. So maybe not those that set apart. They still think there's the father that's actually going to take the scroll. You know, there's such confusion. And, and no, I'm the, just so we talked about
2: this last night, Shoshi, and thank yeah. you for bringing it up because, you know, when we talk about that, the, you know, we had, there is a very difficult uh, passage, you know, that we have set forth in, uh, in the Sefer, And it was the very first thing for which we were criticized. In fact, we were just pounded into the ground. The very first video ever made about, uh the very first video ever made about this effort was denouncing us as heretics and so forth. And it has to do with our, what we believe is the correct translation of Philippians 2.11. And, and we've, I've spent a lot of time discussing this. We could talk a little bit about it this morning because I think it's a really good point. We talked about it last night at the, you know, we have our, we have our home fellowship, right? Mm -hmm. where it's very important for us to gather on Arab Shabbat and Mm -hmm. to spend time together. That's offline, not digital, you know, (laughs) it's just, just us coming together to, um, uh, to share and to pray together and to also Mm -hmm. to to share the word together and to share life together, really, which is what we do here today, right? Is to share life. Absolutely. And and, uh, so as a consequence, so this morning, we're going to share life this morning because I'm going to sing a little bit of a praise song for us this morning.
4: Yay! I was going to ask you to play the piano or something today.
2: Well, it would be nice <laughs> if, I would, if, I, if I had the piano in the room, I would play it. Okay. But my piano's actually in the room, but guess what I do have? You're time. Time. I've Yay. got my 12 string here. Yes, yes. And uh, so this is actually, this song is actually from Fiddler on the Roof with a few modifications oh. because, of course, uh, some of their lyrics or shall we say uh, the theology was um, you know a little bit too Broadway
4: <laughs> yes you look a little or, bit like Tevia there too with the beard
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah my I, I'll tell you my kids used to think I was Rev Devia. they used to just <laughs> laugh their head off you know because I'd be screaming at him we're staying at Uncle Aram's we're staying at Uncle Aram's the whole <laughs> world has to know our business so I love Rev Devia, mm-hmm. you know and, and the uh uh, the conflicts he went through with his three daughters right
4: oh my gosh
2: you know he compromised a little bit on the first one which became a lot of compromise on the second one which mm-hmm. became a complete falling away on the third a daughter who you know they didn't tell you in the movie but she was destined to die at krakow you know mm-hmm. um, terrible yeah it was just uh, uh, uh but you know is there anything greater than that dance when those guys put the wine bottles on oh. his head
4: that's <laughs> awesome. awesome such
2: simple moves right such yeah. simple moves so profound okay so anyway here you go may Yahweh protect and defend you may He always shield you from shame may you come to be
5: in Yashan and Ashan.
2: And
1: morning
2: hallelujah hallelujah yeah.
1: oh, so, people us, waiting to get in uh, dr p sorry
2: hi eugenia how are you good
1: morning, good morning. how are you very good Welcome, so thank you some people waiting to get in thanks
2: oh yes yeah, so i will let them in okay good so i'm gonna i'm gonna continue with this discussion that joshi brought up because i discussed this uh quite at length in a blog called uh on Elohim, it's named Elohim, and you know, when we have, there's very interesting problems that emerge in, in Hebrew, because you often have words, you have words that are spelled one way in the Ivrit, and then they're spelled in another way, once you add the nikudot the vowel sounds. And so people don't want to, people don't want to admit this, but you know, when you, when you study the nikudot you discover that the Masoretes added vowels and consonants all over the text. I mean, they're everywhere. Whether you have added letters, and you have, and you have a pronunciation changes that obscure and obfuscate what's in the text. It's it's a real problem. We have set out on kind of a well, uh, a kind of a mission with Yah's blessing. We will be able to accomplish it. Uh, to really give a, a very strong restoration of the entirety of the sephir in the Ivrit language. And in particular, we're going to set, we want to set it out in a way that is uh, in paleo. And uh, so, and, and, and to reveal a paleo pronunciation. So it's much easier to read the text for everyone. But here you have this problem with Elohim. You know, Elohim appears in the very first verse of scripture. But a sheath, but Elohim, right? Et ha shamayim ve'et haretz, the seven words of creation. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Or so it appears, right? Because you have to remember that scripture is numbered writings. And a numbered writing is literally called a sephir. A numbered writing is a sephir. People think that Sefer means book because that's the common modern Hebrew interpretation. But actually, the ancient interpretation is a numbered writing, such as a scroll. And in Ivrit, you number the verses, Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalit, He. You know, you go down to the Aleph, Beit to number the verses. So we know that Bereshit 1-1 would actually begin with Aleph. Because this would be the very first verse, so it would be identified with an aleph. Then you would have the bait for brashith, okay? And, and I know I and when I get when I get too far into the Hebrew, guys, I hope you guys you know feel free to ask questions about this about the Hebrew. I know it's difficult, but I want to kind of go through this because if we have the aleph at the very first opening of of Genesis one one, then you see brashith bara elohim so you have this idea of creation bara appears before the word elohim now if we if we construct this as in the beginning the aleph created elohim and the heavens and the earth well that's a little bit different but we're not going to take it from that point of view we're going to take it from the point of view that we're discussing elohim but when you look at the word elohim you have this idea of this I am or I at the ending, which is a masculine plural, a masculine plural. So for instance, if you were to say, um, if you were discussing any particular people group, you know, the Mazarim, the Mitzrayim, the shofetim, you know, you're going to have this idea of plural at the end, the IYM, a masculine plural. But we know that the masculine plural does not always mean persons, masculine persons, or males, or a group of men. Like, let me give you an example. You have the I-Y-M at the end of the word, water, right? Mayim, mayim. Well, we know when we look at water, I suppose it's always plural, right? Water is always plural. It's like deer. Deer is singular, deer is plural. Water is always plural. Shamayim, the heavens, uh, can be plural as well. Shamayim, right? It appears to be a plural word. But there's a singular heaven right now. It's the same thing with Elohim, except with Elohim, you have a problem. There is no O in there. This was interjected by the Masorites who put a vowel sound in there. Let's put a holam right there, this little dot. Let's put a hole in there and create this vowel O. Well, it doesn't appear. And if we take the O out and we look at the word, now we have Aleph Lamet. Which is l, and then we have the second part of the word chayim. Well, chayim is very interesting because we have these kind of three elements. If you want to talk about a trinity, we have kind of the three elements of Yah, which is the, which is the aleph, and then you have the lamed, the shepherd, the good shepherd, and then you have he, the ruach hakodesh. And the he, which is often pronounced when it's not at the beginning of a word, it's pronounced ah. Ah. so to give you an example torah it's not torah ha it's torah it's not shalomaha it's shaloma it is not a gevaraha it's Gevarah. it's not saraha it's sarah the he is just pronounced as an ah now why is it an ah 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 because it is the breath of yah so when you look up the word ruach in the Hebrew, you'll see that it means breath or wind. And so when you see ruach hakodesh, the sacred breath, the sacred breath, it's the same thing in Greek. Because when the Greek, when you talk about the Holy Ghost, you're talking about the hagia numa, the hagia numa. Now the hagia numa means what? Hagia, of course, means sacred. Numa. Is like pneumonia or pneumatic, right? A pneumatic tool is an air tool. Pneuma means wind or breath. So you have this sacred breath in Greek and you have sacred breath in Ivrit, in Hebrew. They both mean the same thing. So where did we get the idea of Holy Ghost? The idea of a ghost or a spirit is a Sumerian concept. It's a Sumerian concept. It is not an Ivri or a Hebrew concept. It is a Sumerian concept. There is much of what we're going to find today when we get farther into our discussion. There is much of the Sumerian and Babylonian world that has come into the faith. And it's come into the faith through the back door as kind of generally accepted uh, tales, that were accepted into the literature. And so when you so when people tell you of the Holy Spirit, I know I you know a lot of my thinking was the Holy Spirit was this kind of you know person-looking thing that came alongside us, you know, the, the gentleman who would stand up and say, Hey, I'm here. But it's that's not it at all. It's very clear that in when you read it in scripture, that it is the moving breath of Yahweh. Now, there was a huge debate that went on huge debate that went on okay before we go on gerard you had a quick question go ahead
6: uh can you alliterate uh on john 20 verse one they talk about every church has the resurrection as a sunday the first day how does that relate to this
2: (laughs) (laughs) ah yeah yeah now what you want to remember is in in and that and i don't want to get too far off onto that one but i can tell you this that that first day discussion stuff was one of the intentional changes of the English translators that they changed it from what was originally there. Um, And so what you see is, is that you have the word sabbaton and sabbaton appears 89 times in the New Testament. And of those 89 times, 82 of those times, it is interpreted as Sabbath. Seven times it's interpreted as the first day of the week. And I think that is entirely incorrect. So in the Sefer, it reads, now on that certain Shabbat came Miriam of Magdal early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and saw the stone taken away from the sepulcher. And of course, the the Catholic Church was the one responsible for changing Shabbat to Sunday in order to show Roman authority. And they killed almost 40 million people doing so. Uh, The... The... um, It's an intentional deception in the English translations to teach that it was the first day of the week, because it doesn't mean that. It means Sabbath. It means the Sabbath day. And in fact, the only place where it actually says the first Sabbath, it doesn't say the first day of the week. It says the first Sabbath, which we have since substantiated to mean that there actually is a first Sabbath of the year. And there is a second Sabbath of the year that are that are identified in the New Testament. They're not identified in the Old Testament, but they're identified in the New Testament. And uh, this becomes part of the of the true calendar. So I'll come back to that, Gerard, but I want to come back to Elohim here and, and finish talking about this because what you see is what you see in verse two, the Ruach hovered over the waters, right? That all of creation was void and darkness, right? It was toku bohu. It was void and darkness. And the Ruach hovered over creation. Well, what what is this that was hovering over the creation. Is this a a spirit of a person? No, it wasn't a ghost. It was the breath of Yahweh hovering over the waters, the breath. Now, the big discussion that broke out in the uh, 7th century was between Augustine and uh, the, uh, the Orthodox churches of the East. Because the Orthodox churches of the East held to the premise that the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, if you will, the holy breath, only proceeded from the father. But Augustine said, no, the Ruach proceeds from the father and the son, and the son. Well, this becomes a very important idea because when you talk about the Ruach proceeding from the father and from the son, you can see this in the name yahweh yod He vav because in the yod He vav you have two symbols that are markedly distinct. One is Yod and the other is Vab. And as I mentioned before, the He represents the breath of the Ruach, the Ruach HaKodesh. So what you see is with the Yod, and this is, again, this is part of the mystery of the Idrit that is going to be revealed in what Yah said by giving us this language. He gave us this language. Now, so you see this Yod, Yod, and the Yod is the closed hand. And it should not be pronounced Yod at all. It should be pronounced Yad, Yad, which means hand. And the Yod signifies El Shaddai. Now, a lot of people, there's people out there that are denouncing the name El Shaddai like they denounce everything else. But El Shaddai means he who said enough, right? In Hebrew, Dayenu, right? It is enough, Dayenu. It is enough for us, Dayenu. And so he said El Shaddai, which is what? I created for six days and then I said, that's enough. I created for six days, then that's enough. I'm gonna rest on the seventh. Very important concept. Imagine if he had created for 364 days and rested on the 365th. We'd only have one Sabbath a year, right? No, he, he worked for six days and then he rested on the seventh. And he said, this is enough of creation. So brashith in the beginning tells us that there is a beginning to creation which means there is an end to creation. And so Yah tells us, I am the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I know the end from the beginning, right? So there is an end, there is a beginning, and he created this. This is all a, a finite creation, if you will. And he said, enough. He could have kept on creating and creating, make more and more and more, but he said, no, this is, yeah, this is, yeah, there you go, Yad, right? Or Yod, there you go, Shelly." And so the idea of the closed hand of Yah, he has finished creation. Now, when you get to the head, the head is this breath of the Ruach HaKodesh. Then the Vav, the Vav is the idea of the nail. And when you see the Vav in Paleo, you can see it is Mashiach in in his crucified state. I mean, this is what it symbolizes. And if you had a true... Uh, a true star of David, the true star of David would have the dalit, the dalit, the dalit up, dalit down, and in go ahead and you hold that up again, Shelly, if you would. The the vav, anyway, you would see that the inside these two dalits would be this vav. The fact that there is no vav inside the star of David is something very very indicative because it tells you that Israel. There you go. Israel is without Mashiach. You see. Because they left out the nail. They left out the nail. The nail symbolizes the good shepherd. It symbolizes uh, it symbolizes mess- Messiah. Okay? So here in the yod heh vav you have Yah, the hand of creation, El Shaddai, and the breath proceeding from Yah. And you have the Vav, the nail, symbolizing the word made flesh, and the breath proceeding from that. So yod heh Vahay or Yohei Wahay. You have this idea that both are symbolized in the same thing. So now we we come up to an issue. We come up to a very difficult issue, and this is the premise that takes place. Doctor P,
7: Carol's trying to get in apparently.
2: Yes. Yeah, I've got her in. Okay. Okay. So let's take a look at Philippians two eleven because we have a real issue here in Philippians two eleven. Because Paul is going to say something here that when you're reading it, you're going to say, well, Paul, hmm, uh, he's either a liar or he's contradicting himself or whatever he's doing. Uh, but this is enough for us to, you know, uh, go over and beat him up uh, over this gravestone if we can find it. Which, by the way, Paul did not die in Rome. He died in Macedonia. The Catholic Church made it out like he died in Rome. Everybody died in Rome, according to the Catholic Church. Peter never set foot there, and Paul didn't die there. Okay, so in Philippians 2, we look at verse 9, Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore, Yahweh also has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name. that at the name of Yahusha, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Okay, all right, now just hold on here a minute. I thought you said, didn't you just say back here in Romans 14, uh, Paul, that every knee should bow to the tongue, to the name of Yahweh? Isn't that what you quoted out of Isaiah? I'm pretty sure it is. That's what you said. If If we look at Romans 14, same writer, Paul, Romans 14, verse 11, right? Romans 14, verse 11. For it is written, as I live, says Yahweh, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to Yahweh. Well, wait a minute. I thought you just said that every knee was was and every tongue was going to confess to Yahusha. Well, which is it here, Paul? And of course, Paul is is quoting Isaiah forty five twenty three. Well, let's go back and see what Isaiah had to say, because Isaiah is going to be much more explicit. In this very same discussion. And Isaiah is going to say. What? Let's see 45.23. He says. I have sworn. that, okay. This is Yahweh right? Okay I'm going to start in verse 21. Tell ye and bring them near. Yea let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it from that time? Have not I Yahweh. And there is no Elohim besides me, a just El and Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be yet saved. For I am El. There is no one else. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Okay. We have Isaiah telling us that under the name Yahweh, every tongue shall uh, shall confess, every knee shall bow, right? There is Dr. No... P,
7: can you tell people to close the mic because it, it keeps interfering when you're speaking? So it's breaking up your speech when you're speaking. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure who's not muted here. Let me look. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. Jacqueline, I got it. Okay. Okay, so... When you look at this passage in Philippians, and I lost my place here. Okay, here it is. So what's going on here? Well, what's going on here is there is only one explanation. There is only one explanation. And it is what is correctly said in the Greek, which is Philippians 2.11. And that every tongue should confess that Yahweh is Yahusha Hamashiach to the glory of Yah the Father. Now, this is where people get confused and where people take umbrage. But you have a very clear statement that's given over and over. No man has seen the Father and lived. Peter says, Yah is a consuming fire. Now, we talked about this last night, and I was explaining to the group. When you understand Yah in its essence, which is impossible to do, but we're going to try to get close. That Yah in its essence is an infinite consciousness occupying an infinite set of dimensions infinitely. Outside of creation, nothing is outside of Yah, nothing. Yah is above, Yah is among, all of existence is within Yah, a consuming fire. But Yah said, and the great mystery of creation is what? I'm going to create something that is finite. It's going to have a beginning and it's going to have an end. And in that creation, I will make myself manifest that people might know who I am. So Mashiach says to them, I tell you the truth. If you have seen me, you have seen the father, because this is all you will ever see. And so when you understand that all of creation that we see out here, all of creation This is the right hand of the consuming fire, Yahweh, all of creation. All of creation is the right hand. This is why the Son of Man sits in glory at the right hand of the Father, because he sits in glory where? Above all of creation, because creation was made by him, for him, and of him. And most importantly, for him. So now when we begin to see Elohim, we begin to see this idea of this consuming fire, which is this infinite consciousness of God. And the question I asked last night to the fellowship was this, does Yah speak? Does he understand language? Does he hear? These are questions. And the answer is, of course, yes, he hears our every prayer. He hears our every petition. He knows our thoughts. He knows what is in our hearts, what is in our mind? He knows these things, he hears, he understands, and he speaks, and he speaks. And Mashiach says what? For this reason I was born, for this reason I came to the earth, to testify to the truth. All those who are of the truth hear my voice. Not see my face, hear my voice. So when we see this now, we begin to see that this great mystery that unfolded, is that Yah would make himself known. He would make himself known to us, his children, who were created in his image, that we might be able to say, we have seen you, we know you, you have spoken to us, and you care about us, and we know this in this interpersonal relationship. So John 1, 1 tells us that this word, which word? This is a big question when you talk about in Greek, right? logos. They say, oh, the Logos was made flesh and dwelt among us. What is this Logos? If you were going to translate that into Hebrew, would you use Omer? Would you use Davar? What would you use? What Hebrew word would you use to describe it? And I tell you that the word wasn't just a word. The word was Yahweh. That Yahweh was made flesh and dwelt among us. This was the word that was made flesh. It's just like the word that was breathed into our nostrils. The Neshama hayim, This neshemah, Hayim Shem, was the word Yahweh that was breathed into the nostrils of Adam. And this breathing into the nostrils of Adam, this breath, and we talked about this last night too. You know, if somebody knocked you out, somebody punches you in the head and knocks you cold, you fall down on the floor. You're like, right? You're out cold. You can't think at all. Yet you're still breathing. Why are you still breathing? Because the breath of Yahweh is in you. The very breath that was given to Adam is the breath that continues in you. That very breath continues in you. For as long as you are alive, it is the breath of Yahweh that is breathing in you. Your life begins when you take that first breath, when the doctor, you know, slaps your mom. Oh, I mean, slaps you on the back. You know, anyway, that's a joke. But when the doctor slaps you, this you begin that breath. That breath that you inhale is the very breath that was put in the nostrils of Adam, the very breath. That breath is eternal. Adam died, Hua died, Seth died, you know, Noah died. The list goes on and on and on, they all died. But you know what didn't die? The breath didn't die, the breath did not die. And so here we are created in Yah's image. We have Yahweh's name imprinted on our DNA. And we have his very breath in our nostrils and his heartbeat in our chest. This is his heartbeat. Where's your battery? You ever had to change your battery in your body? You ever had to go to you know to the Tesla station and hook up to see if you can keep going? No, your heart beats and it heart and it beats from a different place. And the different place it beats from is it beats from the the literally the ruach, Yahs, you know, spirit, Yas Ruach next to you breathing into you, and putting a heartbeat into you. This is why you live in accordance with Yah's will. Now, when you go outside his will, and you, and you steal that breath from him, I'm going to keep your breath coming into my lungs, but I'm going to do wickedness with it. You see why this would offend Yah so greatly, so grievously? You're going to, you're going to do wickedness. You're going to take on this, this aura of evil. And, you know, I mean, we have an intense evil going on with us right now, a very intense evil. It's just huge, the evil that is going on against us right now. And they've geared up again into round two for even more. But among all of that, we're called to something entirely different. Now, so when we understand El Chayim, you have the Aleph and the Lamed, and then you have this He, which is the Ruach, but the He is plural. The He is plural. Well, how can the head be plural? Well, go to Isaiah 11. When you look at Isaiah 11, Isaiah is, going, again, is going to reveal something here that is worth knowing, because when we talk about this idea of the stem of Yeshay and a branch shall grow out of his root, right? Netzer, netzer shall grow out of the root of Yeshay. This netzer, right, would come to be known as the branch. It's talked about in the book of Zechariah. I bring to you the branch, the netzer. So the netzer would also, also be called in the possessive. You know, I am the branch, netzeri, netzeri. And so what you saw with the death of Mashiach, Pilate putting his name up on the cross and saying, you know, uh, here's Yahusha, netzeri, right, from Nazareth. But also, the branch, Yasha Chanetzeri, Yahusha the branch. Yahusha from Nazareth, Yahusha from Nazareth, but also meaning the branch. Yahusha Chanetzeri, Vemelech, and King Ha Yahudim of the Jews. The acronym Yahusha Chanetzeri, Vemelech Ha Yahudim, Yod Evadeh. But Isaiah is going to tell us. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Yishai, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Ruach Yahweh shall be upon him, the Ruach Chokmah, and the Ruach Bina, and the Ruach Etzah, and the Ruach Geberah, and the Ruach Da'at, and the Ruach Yira of Yahweh. Well, wait, hold it. Just hold up here a minute. Are you trying to tell me that there are seven spirits? No. But there are seven expressions of the breath of Yah. And these are these seven expressions, which is what? Yahweh himself in his essence. Then the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel. What does Mashiach say? I tell you the truth. I'm going to go from here, but I will send a counselor. Remember, I will send a counselor. He's sending who? The Ruach Etzah to come to you who will guide you in in spirit and truth. The ruach geberah, strength, strength, the ruach da'at, or the spirit of knowledge, and yirah the fear of Yahweh. So when you see Yah saying to Noah, I am going to cut a covenant with you that I am going to never flood the earth again. I'm going to set my bow in the heavens that I will never flood the earth again. And he sets a bow in the heavens that has seven colors. Why? Because he used the word Shaba, he swears unto him. And now, in, in the Sefer, now it says, he swears seven oaths unto him. He swears seven oaths. So, you see, what happens with this word Shaba is that you see that you'll see it in a, in a Jewish uh, marriage, a Jewish wedding, when the wife will encompass the man seven times. She dances around the man seven times, swearing seven oaths, right? It's Sheva. It's Sheva, seven oaths. And why seven oaths? Because there are seven expressions of the the Ruach, you see. So this is what we talk about Elohim. Now, in all of this, the substance is what, Shoshi? One. Echad. Echad. The substance is one. Echad. And so when we talk about so th- this mythology that's taught in the Christian church, God in three persons, no, there aren't, there's no three persons. There's one person, there's one personification of Yah, and that is Yahshua. There's no other personification. The consuming fire of the Father is not a person. The breath is not a person. Okay. And so it, it would be nice if we could just put everything in a box and go, we've got it all figured out. There's three, and this is how it is. Well, You know, that is not how it is. That's just not how it is. And to try to understand the mystery of creation and the mystery of Yahweh is a completely different deal. And then now we're we're going to go from here. I want to answer a couple of questions real quickly. Quickly, uh, questions. Those are questions. Bear in mind. And then we're going to go, I want to get back and talk about the Rakia and the four pillars of the earth. Okay, Shoshi, go ahead.
4: Yeah, what I wanted to ask you before we were talking is, so, and this, I've been thinking about this for a while. So when Mashiach was on the Mount of Transfiguration and when he was getting uh, sanctified by his cousin Nehogan, that voice that came from the Shamayim, what voice was that? Now, That's Yahuwah's voice? This Did, is Yahuwah's voice. Didn't Mashiach yeah. tell, him, tell us that no one has ever heard his voice?
2: No, this said no one has seen his face.
4: But he also said, Doesn't, I, no one has ever heard his voice, though? I think it says too.
2: I have oh, to find I that. Know. I
4: think I found that. It says no one has ever heard his voice or seen his face. Or seen his
2: face. Yeah. Well, I can. Th- there's and it's not so, just there at the Mount of Transfiguration where you see that. There's other places too that yeah. you hear the voice. That you hear the voice thundering through the heavens, right? And it says so, that uh, this is my elect one, right? Right.
4: And My elect uh, one, right?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and this one, my elect one. When you, when you hear that word, that's actually from the Book of Enoch. That's from the book of Enoch. Right. Calling right. us the elect. Anak, right? yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so you have a very interesting situation because I can tell you, Shoshi, that you have this discussion in uh, Zechariah, Zechariah three, talking about mm-hmm. Joshua, mm-hmm. right? Yahusha. And this is yeah. never taught Yahusha. This, never taught in the Christian church ever. No. Nope. Because they don't recognize the name Yahusha as the same nope. name as the Mashiach, right? Right. But in Zechariah three, you have a discussion. Mm-hmm about about uh, Yahusha being uh, dressed in filthy rags, right? Right. And so let me see if I can get there this a second. So, Is yeah. it in
4: chapter three? I think it might.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's in three. Chapter okay. three. So it reads, and and he showed me at Yahusha, oh, right. the high priest, the high priest, right? Mm-hmm. Now we have all this the discussion of Melchizedek, you know, the high priest, the priest by oath, right? And he showed me at Yahusha, the high priest, standing before the angel of Yahweh, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. Yahweh said unto Satan, Yahweh, rebuke you, O Satan, even Yahweh that has chosen Yerushalayim, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Now, this becomes something very critical because you have this concept that all of the sins of the earth, are going to be placed on this singular person, Mm -hmm. on Yahusha. He is going to be clad in the filthy rags (laughs) of all of us. Yeah, and so so when we talk about this, it's like, cursed is he who hangs from a tree, right? Mm -hmm. Why is he cursed? Because he carries the sins of all of us. And so here he says, now Yahusha was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. So while um, he is clothed with filthy garments, the transfiguration has not yet occurred. The transfiguration has not yet occurred. So you still have, so what's taking place is you have this idea that there was the word that was made flesh. Well, what does this mean to be made flesh? You know, we have a, we have an idea here that is, that was contemplated from the very beginning, contemplated from Genesis 1, 1, that when the Word was made flesh, He would die at the nail. He would die by the nail. That's mm-hmm. what. It, that's why the Aleph Tav in Genesis one one appears in the fourth position, and it appears also in the sixth position. But the sixth, mm-hmm. but the second time, it's marked with the Bab. It's laf, marked. Laf, with right. And if you recall, when Mashiach came back, He had holes in His hands. Remember? Yeah. Thomas, mm-hmm. he said, put, your, put your hand. Put your hands in these. Put your hands in my ribs. See if this. Is not me. His glorified body is marked with mm-hmm. the nail. It's mm-hmm. marked, you see. But then he comes in and says, okay. And he answered and spoke unto them who stood before him, saying, take away the filthy garment from him. Behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with a change of raiment. Mm-hmm. And I said, let them set a fair turban upon his head. So they set a fair turban upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of Yahweh stood by, and the angel of Yahweh protested unto Yahusha, saying, thus says Yahweh well, save, old. save old. If you will walk in my ways and if you will guard my watch, then you shall judge my house mm-hmm. and you shall guard my courts. And so this is what it means when we talk about Yah- Yahusha coming to judge the living and the dead. Now, believe it or not, the idea of Yahusha coming to judge the living and the dead is reiterated in the Quran. Did you know that?
4: I, I heard some things about that. Yeah, some of the words are in there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, in the Quran, in the in the first book of the Quran, the first surah of the Quran called the Cow, it's the longest book of the Quran. And they say that Isa will come to judge the living and the dead, mm-hmm. that he was born of a virgin birth, that Abraham is a true prophet, Moses is a true prophet, etc. But so you see what you talk about here when you're talking about the discussion of the father, no man hearing the voice of the father. You know uh, the the whole idea right. of the book of trans the transfiguration, or the concept of transfiguration, which by the way took place at Mount Herman,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, and they right. call it
2: um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, um, Cesary, they call it um, hmm, Cesary Philippi. Philippi.
4: Philippi, I've been there. Yeah, Cesary Philippi.
2: Yeah, you've been up there. Yeah, I have been
4: up there. It's amazing. Yeah.
2: And and you know, and there's so much. This is the very same place where Yaakov saw the the ladder, mm-hmm. you know, angels descending, and so forth. Mm-hmm. so many people believe that this is a true portal but anyway when you're talking about the, hearing the voice of the father so who was speaking right was it Yahusha speaking in the heavens mm-hmm. and and speaking at the same time I mean you know who was it that came down to Mount Horeb who was it that spoke to them? yeah it was Yahusha, Yahusha and and his queen and incarnate to state. face to face right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you cannot see the father so he spoke no. to them face to face and he said if this is this right and so you have so you have you've got some very interesting elements here, but they're elements that are the elements of salvation, ultimately of mm-hmm. salvation. Because the concept, you know, people say, well, there, you know, there's no human sacrifice for sin. Well, Yahusha wasn't a human sacrifice. Number one, he was not a human sacrifice. Number two, when you talk about if you look at the covenant that was restored, the covenant was not restored in the shed blood of Mushiach, mm-hmm. The covenant was given in the wine and the bread, just as it was when Abraham approached Melchizedek at Salem. Right. There was a covenant given with the wine and the bread. And and Mashiach says, this is a renewed covenant. I'm renewing this covenant
0: mm-hmm.
2: with the wine and the bread. This is my body. This is my blood, right? And mm-hmm. this is something, a very it's a very important clarification, right? Mm-hmm. So when we see this now, we begin to see that Elohim, Uh, el hayim is a better pronunciation el hayim -Hayim is discussing this manifestation throughout creation there's a doctrine back there that is called transubstantiation Mm -hmm. transubstantiation is this idea that yasha was a consubstantial not transubstantiation consubstantiation he was consubstantial at the time of creation in other words this is what John 1 says, right? He was with him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the beginning was the word. The word was with Elohim. The word was Elohim. He was with Elohim <laughs> in the beginning, right? This is this idea of what's called consubstantiation, that at all times, uh, Mashiach existed in mm-hmm. the idea of mm-hmm. the father. And then when you hear the passage that no one knows the time, the, the date of the hour when heaven and earth shall pass away,
6: right? the father...
2: Well, has it occurred to anybody that maybe heaven and earth won't pass away? (laughs) This is why no man knows about the Father, because it's not going to happen. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things there, right? Yeah, they always use
4: that, Dr. P. They always use that script about saying that no man knows when he's going to, when Mashiach's coming. Even though Mashiach tells us about the signs in the heaven and all that, they use that scripture to say, oh, no man knows when he's coming. When it's really what you're saying about heaven and earth passing away. (laughs) away. Exactly. They don't have it. They don't understand it. Just like this whole concept. What you're teaching is a very powerful thing the, within the body, because a lot of people do not understand that. Like, what, remember what I said to you about where it says in Revelation, and then the Lamb took the scroll out of the hand of the one that was sitting there, and everybody thinks that's the Father sitting there giving it to Mashiach. They don't yeah. understand about Yah, Yah being the consuming fire and he can't be seen. That Yahusha is the essence of all.
2: Yehusha is the essence in all of creation.
4: He everything sits,
2: he sits on the throne of creation because that is the right hand of the father
4: right right
2: creation right. and so let's talk so let, let me let me grab a couple other questions real quick sure. okay but if you guys would hold it to questions right now then we' can get into later discussion later thanks <laughs> thanks <Shosh. laughs> Chris go ahead you, have, you got a question
8: yeah hi chris uh, okay there's a lot of people asking about what what's happening in South Africa South Africa is fine just want to say that that's uh, we're okay. Um, there was Good some unrest. yeah, there was some unrest, and um, it it in my opinion, it's a failed coup uh, because of the corruption that's happening, etc., etc. But that's only my opinion. Uh, but they they tried to disrupt the the the, the, the fuel line uh, from Durban to to uh, the main area, which is in uh, Johannesburg, Pretoria area. And then there was pockets of riots and so on. But you know what, throughout everything, Yah's presence is amazing. Um, the people have realized that they don't need the government for their safety. They don't need the army for their safety. Um, they stood up and they did their own thing and it worked. And um, that is power, I think, you know, and, and It's just wonderful. It's wonderful to see how the communities came together. And uh, obviously, Yah's plan, he laughs at the plans of men. So, you know what- That's uh, that's a
2: great report, Chris. That is a great report. And of course, you know, many of your friends here were worried about you, worried about what was happening in South Africa. You know, we get, you know, it's like saying, for instance, there's riots going on in Portland practically every night, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. And if you and if you focused on that, you'd think all of the United States was burning when really it's only just Portland. <laughs> exactly. Right.
8: And and yeah. Doc, uh, you know, I I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to brag, but I got
9: it.
2: <laughs> Somebody's got the millennial edition. Yeah, I yeah got fantastic. It. I don't know. Then, how you got it there, Chris. We had to, yeah, we had to put that on an through oil tanker. this.
8: <laughs> through all this, I got it. And then something else that I got which I've been wanting for a while. Oh, Shemaine. Shemaine.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
8: And uh, I'm really blessed with this. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, I got Shemaine. that too. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. The, that um,
8: I, do, I do have a question. Um, the question is, uh, the church today is looking for a revival. Some of them, some of them, they're looking for this revival that's supposed to be happen or going to happen. I believe, um, uh, well, I won't say what I believe, but the point is that, uh, what do you think about that? And then, um, uh, you know, the the revival in the end times. And then obviously I think that it's connected to the rapture theory, but I'd I'd, I'd, I'd like your opinion on that.
2: Yeah, well, thank you, Chris. Well, I can tell you, uh, again, we spoke about this a little bit last night too, and I'm gonna go through it because this is a critical thing. I don't think we're in revival. I think we're in restoration. And there is a significant difference because revival tends to be, let's revive, let's revive our emotions about being believers. You know, we'll all get kind of hyped up and we'll all say we're righteous. We'll go door to door, you know, do you know uh, the Messiah, you know? And this, and when they had the Welsh revival, this is what the Welsh revival was denoted by. It was a very emotional kind of event. And it was driven by some charismatic leaders. And then of course it fell apart. And as it began to erode because the emotions wore off, as it began to erode, it eroded, it eroded. It. And then you had this critical event where a mountain collapsed into an elementary school, taking out 260 children. And it was the only building that suffered from the collapse, right? It, it was like the mountain targeted that elementary school and went crushed and crushed it, killing 260 children. Well, that terminated the revival in Wales. I mean, it it ended it. And until there is healing from that. It's going to be very difficult to restore people to the faith in, in that community in Wales. But restoration is a completely different animal. You see, restoration is about restoring the whole of the house of Israel, the whole of the house of Yasharel, to the true commandments, to the true teaching, to the true covenant. You know, his, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And this is, you know, this is this is my favorite verse. And I know Taras knows this, you know, true you Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will bring rest to your soul, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. This is a, a very important scripture. And he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. This is so important in terms of this restoration. Because the house of yasharel is not called to an emotional revival where we all stand around uh, singing and doing worship songs. We're called to restore our walk, our entire walk. We have to restore our way, our truth, and our life. And this restoration means that we go on to a, a, a true path of the way, which means, you know, it begins with Shabbat. It, 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 it It's marked by keeping of the feast. It's marked by knowing the true calendar. It's marked by setting yourself apart, and it's marked by adhering to and following the covenant of Yah, which are the ten Devarim. When David says, let's let's meditate upon the Torah, he's not talking about meditating upon what you should do if your bull accidentally you know, tra- tramples somebody's goat. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the Torah of Yah that was handwritten with the, on the sapphires by Yahusha, who said, well, I'm going to write it out, who gave the Hebrew language from the first setting. I'm going to give you the language. I'm going to give you this paleo. I'm going to give you this understanding. I'm going to set this forth on sapphires. And suddenly, we have something that erupts from from nowhere, really. it's cut out of whole cloth, if you will, which is this covenant. Now, this covenant is the stuff that we are required to contemplate. And so we talk about this covenant. You think, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, you have this idea that Shoshi brought up, first of all, I am Yahweh Eloheikim. This is the first concept. This is a precept. This is an understanding. You have to try, we're sitting here today talking about, what is this I am? Can we understand it, right? The Yod, right? The Yod itself, or the Yad, I, is the great I, the great I, you know, Yah, himself. Yah, Yah, Yod, Hey, the two letters, is Yah and the Ruach. You see, Yah, I, the original I, and the Ruach, I am. So at this point, you're talking about not just I, uh, an infinite existence, but I am, this is an existence that is in motion, that is doing now, I am is now doing, and when you get to Yahweh, you're talking about I am he who breathes life, I am he who breathed the breath of my name into the nostrils of Adam, Uh, and then when you get to Yahusha, you see Yahusha, you have this idea that the ruach proceeding out out of Yahusha doesn't happen in his life, in his life, The Ruach is not proceeding from him. Instead, salvation is proceeding from him. Mm -hmm. Salvation is proceeding from him. Then what comes from there is then the Ruach proceeds from him. So he tells you, wait. He tells him after his ascension, look, you guys don't go anywhere. Just sit here in your room and and keep your mouth shut and wait until the Ruach comes upon you, which, by the way, was only a 10-day wait. It's only 10 days. Mm -hmm. Because he was ascended God,
8: for 40 days, right? Yeah. Was, can I just, can I just, sorry, one more, one more question. Uh, and, and sorry, um, sorry to everybody. Um, could it be that they made the calf because Yahweh taught them the Hebrew or rather the or the, 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 the alphabet, the Aleph, and then Elf, Aleph comes first, right? The ox head. And then they say, no, 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 we don't want to hear anything, Moses, you go. Right. Uh, I was thinking, you know, you know, isn't there some kind of like? Oh no! Listen, we've heard enough. That's enough. Oh, the first letter. Thank you. I'm I'm done. I can't even handle anymore. And and it brings me back to sometimes what we think, you know, is is we 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 um we hear we hear a, a trend. Say, um, scarlet, the scarlet thread, the scarlet thread through the through the through the. The old testament then you go with this and you run with the scarlet thread thing but you don't really do any more research into it so is it maybe the priests oh you know aaron and oh no 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 listen we've had enough you go and and we'll go back and then they sort of anyway look stop, you carry on no oh, this is exactly right
2: this is exactly right chris and this is the bigger this is the biggest problem really in in christianity today is that people don't want to take responsibility for what they are required to know and to consider. This is why David says, you know, you should be meditating upon this every day because it is up to you to know. Not, oh, my pastor said. No, it's not what your pastor said. You need to do the research. You need to be able to defend your faith. You need to understand it. You need to be able to dig in and find the truth. And when you do, guess what? This, all of this is revealed to you and more beautifully. And this is the more important part of the faith is that, you know, seeking ye shall find, right? When we seek after Yahweh, and we seek with a, with an earnest heart in our heart, that we're going to seek and we're going to find him. He doesn't only just give, him, give us the knowledge of who he is, but he gives us the Ruach. He gives us this impelling and compelling spirit that says, I'm going to give you boldness. I'm going to give you ears that can hear, eyes that can see. I'm going to reveal to you what is not revealed to those who aren't looking. But because you have sought the truth, I'm going to give it to you. Because you have knocked on the door, I'm gonna open it unto you. Because you have asked, you are going to receive. And then what you do receive is phenomenal because he will take people, and he takes people from the worst possible conditions you can imagine. You know, people who have been abused all their life, people that have had, you know, got scars from the cigarette burns on their skin, People who have been addicted to drugs. People who have been addicted to alcohol. People who have been addicted to this. People who have fallen down. People who have gone to prison who have been convicted of multiple felonies. He picks them.
0: Amen.
2: And he pulls them up out of the ditch. And he says, you, I'm picking you. And here I'm going to Amen. put my ruach in you. And I'm going, to, I'm going to empower you. And I'm going to set you before kings.
8: Yes. And he also gives us the grace so that we live not our life until death. Amen. He, Amen us, he gives us that power that even in the face of death you can you can you you you'll be able to get through it through his power and be a testimony for righteousness sake. I think yeah. that is just anyway. Sorry Amen. about the time. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, no problem, Chris. Good report. Thank you. Okay, olive oil, how are you? Hey,
7: I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Very good. good. I just found it interesting that when you were talking and you spoke about the word um, Dabar and ama, which is used in both terms for his word. Now, obviously, you know, I studied the pictograph that is anointed me since 2014 to do so. It's been my focus. I find it also interesting that in the word Torah, Dabar and Ama, we have this letter Resh, Okay, so I just want to talk about the resh a second because <laughs> the word dabar, excuse me, <clears throat> with the resh, obviously it's a door, a house, and then a head. So that would be, you know, the entrance or exit in the forts. That's what dabar means. And I, when I look at it like this, it helps me to know what's actually being said there instead of just the word door, you know, or the word word. When I look at the word word in the pictures or the Hebrew, um, I see what it's saying in an image, if you like, of entrance, exit in the thoughts, because I believe everything is about the thoughts, because Messiah made that clear as well when he came and, you know, they say he'd done away with the Torah, but he didn't. He raised the bar and said, even if you think it, you're guilty. Mm. So like, we're stuck there because we know what this is like. And this is where he's been uh, ministering to me because I had terrible thoughts. He's delivered me from them. I had perverse thoughts that I had no control over. And he ministered and ministered to me through his Ruach. And he's pulled me out of the the rubbish. Looking at the word ama also is very interesting because, again, that has the resh in. And it basically, to me, when I look at it, it says strong leading shepherd proclaiming the water and the blood or any form of liquid could, so could mean oil as well in the head so it's kind of like an anointing this word a mark can be like an anointing over the head of, of another form of his word being said and then again looking at the immersion uh, that is mentioned Aish, he must immerse you Yahushai in, in you must be immersed in ruach. And fire. Now, I find these extremely interesting, again, because ruach, again, is a head thoughts connected to a fence or a wall, which protects, which is the chet, you know, resh, uh, vav, chet, or wow chet. Um, And then he says fire, which is the word ash, which is strong, leading, shepherd and set apart, you know, this fire, this consuming fire. Now, when they're together in your mind, I see a picture of when one's thoughts are there and gathered to bring them into the authority of Yahushua HaMashiach, as it's written in his word, to do so. We take every four captive, we arrest it, and we bring it into the authority of Yahushua HaMashiach via the Ruach HaKodesh. I see when we go through the Ruach HaKodesh, there's this fire there in our mind, constantly refining the thought process of, of every one of us. And I find it interesting that the word Torah, Dabar, Ama, and Ruach all show this same image of the thoughts of one's mind being purified. Okay, now let's,
2: now let's stop there for a second, Amy, because I think you, you brought up, I want to try to summarize some of the points that you made here that I think are... Uh, that are vital when you talk about, you know, uh, baptism by ruach and by fire, you know, and talking about Yah being a consuming fire, right? When we talk about this consuming fire, and of course this has been kind of our discussion here earlier, you know, that, uh, yeah, thank you for these, Shelly for presenting these, is that we're seeing that uh, the Father is a consuming fire. That is to say, if we take it as the fire in the mind, right, the refiner's fire refiner's fire, you know, my heart's one desire, right? That this refining fire is in fact a refinement in the mind. And I've, you know, I've talked about this before. It's what they call Einstein's quandary, which is that Einstein, you know, wanted to talk about uh, energy and matter, right? So if we get this equation that energy is equal to matter times a constant squared. Okay, great. Thanks Einstein. But he had to admit, that we have energy and we have matter, but we have left something out. And, and so I use, use the exercise generally where I, where I tell people, okay, well, look, let's do this. Get out a pencil and paper and let's draw down uh, the essence of life. Go ahead and draw that. What shape is it? What color is it? What texture is it? Let's draw the essence of meaning. Let's draw truth. What does truth look like? Can we? Can, what shape is it? What color is it, right? It has no color, it has no shape, meaning has no shape, truth has no shape, life has no shape, because it doesn't exist in the material world. Well, if life and truth and meaning don't exist in the material world, what means more than life and truth and meaning? But it doesn't exist in the material world. So Einstein had to admit that there is something else outside of energy and matter. And that something else is, of course, the consciousness of Yah, the mind of Yah. And in this consciousness, we see, I asked the question earlier, does Yah speak? Does Yah hear? And I think all of us here believe that he speaks and he hears. He knows our every thought. He knows our every word. Mashiach is the one who said it. By your words, you shall be justified. By your words, you shall be condemned but you shall be judged by every word that comes out of your mouth. Why? Because he speaks and he hears, and the speaking creates a reality in a non-material world. It creates a superstructure, it creates a skyscraper, it creates a building, a warehouse of, that is your speech that is integrated into this non-material world. And so we talk about this non-material world, this is this world of consciousness, and this is the world where the refiner's fire is, in fact, working and purging the dross. You know, one of the guys at the fellowship last night said, yeah, I've been wondering, I, you know, I've been watching Yah ja kind of purge the dross from me. And he says, I'm wondering if there's any silver left, you know, because am I all dross, you know? I, I said, yeah, you walk into the thing thinking that you're a double-edged broadsword, and you come out finding that you're just a French foil, right? <laughs> <laughs> so much straws gets tipped away, right? But you know, but the thing is, this is the refiner's fire. The refiner's fire, and so we talk about this ruach, but but you can't leave out it's such an important part of anybody who is a student of scripture that this ruach hakodesh is an important part of this because this is the impetus of life. This is the impetus of Yah's life. He breathes it into you, and when it is carefully aligned with his purpose. He empowers you. He empowers you to boldness. He empowers you to strength. He empowers you to be able to say, I do not love my life unto death. I'm willing to give my life for my testimony of Yahusha HaMashiach. It is more important to be a witness than it is to be correct. This is, I mean, the, the testimony of being a witness, this idea of being a witness, anyway, I'll come back to this. All right.
10: Uh Kobe, did you you wanted to
2: add something in here? Hey, how are you doing? Good, Kobe. How
10: are you? I'm good. Um, I just have a question. Um this it's about the Ruach Hakadesh. Like, so people who are like Pentecost, they um they're always speaking in tongues and around a whole bunch of people who don't understand what they're saying. That's Doesn't the error, scripture- that's error. Yeah, the scripture says only like two or three people because a new person would think that you're nuts and leave, right?
2: Yeah, especially if you're rolling around on the floor doing it.
10: Yeah, (laughs) That's it. That's all I was curious
2: about. Yeah, I got to tell you, Kobe, you know, I've been in many Pentecostal churches. I love the Pentecostals, but they have have a propensity to get very carried away. You know, I was in this Russian Pentecostal church, and, you know, the worship was getting louder and louder and going longer and longer. I mean, the worship went on for an hour and a half. And uh, at one point, I turned to look, and here's the pastor laying on the floor. You know, they're, they're all you know praying and tongues and stuff. And it's like, okay, all right, fine. You guys are imbued with the spirit, but 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 I've criticized the Pentecostal church too because they want to say we have the ruach hakodesh, we don't need anything else, and then they don't read Scripture. They get up and they prophesy among each other. They have these laughing things. They run around with flags. They do all this other stuff, but. Again, you're missing out on what, you know, you can't do any of that stuff without the, the leading of Scripture. But then again, I've been in churches that say, we've got Scripture. We don't need no stinking Holy Spirit, right? I've seen that, too. And because people don't want to be uh, associated with this idea of praying in tongues and so forth. But praying in tongues, Paul talks about this very carefully. He said, look, if you're going to pray in tongues, you need to do it with an interpreter and don't do it in public. Right. Right. And, and, and he says, because you don't edify anybody by doing that. You don't edify anybody. But the blessings of the Ruach, you have to remember, when you look at this at this, uh, the Great Commission, when you look at what Yasha said, he told those, he told his disciples, look, don't you go anywhere. You guys didn't have enough guts to show up at the crucifixion. You didn't even stay with me in Gethsemane. You all took off. You all ran away. The only people that showed up were the women. Where were you, Peter, Mr. Tough Guy? Well, I, was, I was busy denying you. Right? That's what he said. Well, so Mashiach comes up and says, okay, look, you guys don't go anywhere. Just stay here in Jerusalem and wait. And wait until the Ruach comes upon you. Then go to Samaria. Then go to the ends of the earth and preach what I have told you to do. So the Ruach is not about praying in tongues. The Ruach is about empowering you with boldness. And you, know, and you have to remember that with the Ruach within you, you know, the, the Ruach is perfect. It's not like it's, it's full of error. The Ruach is perfect. We're full of error. And, you know, so when, when you say, you know, yeah, I want to do what you, have, what you have called me to do, then hoist your sails, right? You're the yacht sitting there at port. Hoist your sails. Hoist your sails and let the wind blow. And when you do, the wind will blow you where it, the wind seeks. You know, and to try to think, you know, a lot, and this is part another issue with the Pentecostal church. They try to tell you, well, if we lay hands on you, then you're going to speak in tongues. Who do you think you are? You're just going to manipulate the Ruach HaKodesh. Oh, I laid hands on you. Therefore, I told the Ruach to get down here right now and get into this person. You know, you de- this isn't yeah. up <laughs> You know,
10: they also have this thing, like, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but this pastor is standing up.
2: He has a coat and he's just putting everyone's like, it's just like too much for me. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen that. I've seen that. To our pastors pushing people down. You know, I'm I'm blessing that everybody falls down. You know, and you know the you know the, the the reality is that as Mashiach says. You know, this is a Hebrew pun. He says, you know, because ruach means wind, right? He says, as you cannot tell from whence the wind comes and to whence the wind goes, so comes and goes to ruach haKodesh. Well, literally, he's saying as you cannot tell. From where the Ruach comes and to where the Ruach goes, so comes and goes the Ruach HaKodesh. We don't have the ability to tell the Ruach where he's going, where he's not going, what he's doing, what he's not going to do, who he's going to bless, who he's not going to bless. The Ruach does what the Ruach is going to do, but seek and you shall find, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door shall be opened unto you, because his blessing is here for us to to acquire. And when we seek it and we find it, it's not about praying in tongues. You don't know what your ministry is going to be under the Ruach. You don't know. Now, I was talking about it last night. I said, look, there's only a few of us in this room. But if the Ruach came upon us and said, okay, here's the map. This is my purpose for you guys. You would see a group of dots of the people in the room and lines going in every direction. And they may not even cross at all. And we're in the same room together. Because the Ruach intends us to different things, to different purposes, to different accomplishments in the kingdom. For me, my greatest fear is that he will take away from me the purpose that he has given to me. He said, I'm going to give you this purpose. And I, I mean, I could tell you, we were talking about this again, you know, I was sharing with him last night. There was a time when I thought we were going to lose the ministry of the suffer. You know, I mean, the business was closing. We were folding. We had everything was dying. And I looked at the team and I said, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to publish another book. We're, we're done. We're, we're finished. It's, it's over. And Yah came to me and he told me, he said, in in my hour of despair, he says, look, you either publish it or I'll find someone else who will. That's what he said. And he said it outright to me. And I realized then, you know, when he calls you to his purpose, my greatest fear is that he would take the purpose he had intended for me and to say, you didn't live up to it. I'm giving it to someone else, you know. And he calls us into, you know, pray for the workers in the harvest field, pray for the workers in the harvest field. This is what we're called to do. And I don't know who it is, what, what your purpose is, Kobe. I know you're a real blessing here. You know, we love you. And, you know, I just think uh, he's got a a tremendous purpose for you there in Maryland. Uh, I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. Yah is calling you. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, so just let that be so. And, you know, and this is not, it's not about praying in tongues. It's about the bull. Bo- I mean, I can tell you when the Ruach came upon me, he did it on his own will. Nobody baptized me in the Ruach Akudesh. The Ruach baptized me in the Ruach Akudesh. He said, I'm going to come upon you because you have obeyed my voice. When I called you, I am going to come upon you. And so he did. And so boom, I was on cloud nine for a year and a half. I mean, literally on cloud nine. I could not believe what was going on. And in the middle of that year and a half, he purged me. You know, he says, okay, now we got to clean the dross off you because you're just loaded with the stuff. And it was a 22-month purge of me losing 80% of my income for 22 months in a row. And, and it was a 22-month trial because he wanted me to remember 22 months. And he purged me from this stuff. But on, So on one hand, here I am being blessed by the Ruach. he's just empowered me and it's just going... My fear of flying—I used to be afraid to fly because I had so many friends die in plane wrecks. Like I'm not getting on one of those. And now the next thing I know, I'm flying on some unidentified aircraft out of Moscow into some ridiculous Russian airport. You know, it was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, because he took away all that fear. He took it away, and he t- and he gave me the boldness to be able to say where I was afraid to say before. He gave me the boldness to say. So don't don't identify. You know, don't don't let people. Uh, put the Ruach in a box and say, this is what it means to be, to be involved with the Ruach. It's much more than that, much more than that. And it's a wonderful thing. Okay. Thanks, Kobe. Thank you. Tate. Hi,
0: Dr. P. Hey, Tate. How I'm are you?
6: I'm good. How are you? Good. My question is uh, in terms of Sabbath keeping. I was wondering what your thoughts are in terms of traveling during the Sabbath. And I was wondering if there was any scriptural basis for Yahusha himself uh, traveling on the Sabbath. I didn't know if when he was moving through the barley fields with his disciples and eating the crop, if that would be considered traveling or not, and how that would compare to the uh, directions to stay within your property during the Sabbath. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you talk about, thank you, Tate. Uh, uh, When you talk about keeping Shabbat, you know, Shabbat is a whole series of things. And there are people who want to um, come to you and tell you, you know, look, you know, if you if you take the passage, thou shalt do no servile work and you take it to its farthest extreme. Well, you know, you should just put yourself in a coma, you know, on Friday night and uh, and take yourself up on a respirator because even inhaling could be considered, you know, servile work. So, you know, these new, and so the rabbis would come in and say, well, we're going to put a line here. You know, you can do this much and you can't do that much, right? Uh, Well, that's the rabbi's take on it. And Mashiach said, no, 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 no. The Shabbat is for man. It's not, man is not made for the dictate of the Shabbat. The Shabbat is made for man. And the Shabbat is given for us to rest and to praise Yah. The Jubilee sums it up very well. Eat, drink, and bless Yahweh. That's a very good summary of of what Shabbat is and you know and during Shabbat, this is a moment for you to not do your business. don't do your business, do Yah's business. Take the time to be in the, Ruach, take the time to be in Yah, take the time to meditate on his word, take the time to gather in fellowship uh, among other believers. you know and you know, so I, I saw some guys we were walking in Jerusalem. And there were some Orthodox guys that were walking along with us. And so I wanted to ask them some questions about the Torah, you know, so I kind of, you know, caught up to him. It's like, well, what do you guys think about this? What do you think about that? Well, they were absolutely embarrassed and they took off like bolts of lightning because they were exceeding the distance for a Torah, for a Sabbath day walk to get to their synagogue, you know, and that kind of stuff I think is nonsense. And I think what Mashiach tells us is, and this is what, when you look at that passage, when they were eating the barley in the field, That passage is very, it's a very interesting passage because he talks about on the second Sabbath, right? Deuteroproto is the word there in the Greek, the second Sabbath. What do you mean the second Sabbath? What are you talking about? Well, that means there's a first Sabbath. And this is never taught again because of the construct of of the Catholic Church trying to obfuscate the fact that the Sabbath was the seventh day. There's a first Sabbath of the year. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians, Romans, no, Romans 16, 2. You have this idea of a first Sabbath on the first Sabbath of the year, not of the month, the first Sabbath of the year. And this is a Sabbath that begins the counting of the Omer following matzah, this first Sabbath. And in the second Sabbath, you have this reiteration that this is going to be associated with matzah. Why? because they're eating the heads of grain. They're eating the barley heads of grain in the barley field. It gives you a very clear indication of what time of the year it was that they were doing this. But Mashiach is basically saying, and the rules that say, well, you can't spit into the, you can't spit into dirt and make mud, right? And he does this on the Sabbath. He spits into the dirt and makes mud and puts it on the blind man's eyes and said, now there you can see. He did, he did that, and he did it on the Sabbath day, and he said, now go to the synagogue and tell them that's what I did. And by the way, walk to the synagogue, which is farther than a permitted Sabbath day's walk. Go down there, walk, and tell them what I did, and then come on back and see me, and then walk it again, right? Because what is he, what is he telling you? He's telling you that when you talk about the regulations of the Shabbat, Yahweh rested on the seventh day. It is up to us to rest on the seventh day. You know, I can tell you there's there's some things that you can do that if you really want to increase your rest, you know, one thing you can do is shut your cell phone off, right? You'd be surprised how much rest that alone will give you. <laughs> shut that monster off for a little bit. And uh, there's some things that you, you know, and, and in terms of and in terms of blessing one another and blessing Yah with your study of, of the word studying scripture, this is also something important to do on Shabbat. And so when you talk about people traveling and traveling to and fro, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. I suppose if you're driving in LA on the freeways, you're not getting any rest. But my guess is if you're driving on the back roads in Idaho, you're seeing some beauty and you've seen some things that would be quite restful and quite relaxing. If you're going to uh, some lake with your family and so on and so forth, I don't think this traveling offends the, the Shabbat. If you're going from one conference to another so that you can move some real estate, that offends the Sabbath. That offends the Sabbath. So kind of a a general rule is don't buy and sell on the Sabbath and don't do your business on the Sabbath. Don't do your business on the Sabbath. Instead, spend the time with Yah, however you can do that. The rest of the stuff is incidental it 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 doesn't matter it doesn't offend the shabbat um you know it it just doesn't offend the shabbat It is lawful to do well on the sabbath and that means a lot of things you know but don't do your work don't buy and sell eat drink and bless Yahweh. okay thanks kate okay
0: thank you very much dr pigeon
2: you bet i'm glad to hear from you warrior for him go ahead for him.
11: Can you hear me now?
2: There you are. Hey, Dr. D, how you doing? Well, I can hardly right. hear you. Yep.
11: Okay, can you hear me now?
2: I can hear you now. You must you be working for now? Verizon now. <laughs> maybe you're working yes. for T-Mobile now.
11: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I had uh, a question for you. First of all, I wanted to make a comment. You know, they were talking about um, Yah being a consuming fire and that no man can see Yah, but uh, Yahusha clearly told the disciples that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So basically, we've seen the Father.
2: Yeah, there you go. We've (laughs) seen as much of the Father as we need to see.
11: Exactly. So anyways, my question to you was, I was reading, uh, well, actually, you talked about it not last week, but the week before. You said that when we say uh, Yahusha, was name. It is the A E I O U, the vowel sounds, or
2: yeah, E A U A.
11: Okay, so it's the vowel sounds in Hebrew, correct? Right. Okay. So my question to you: I know you're probably going to think this is silly, but when we say Yahuwah's name, we're saying part of was name. Am I correct?
12: That's
2: and correct. When we
11: say it would we say it in that way?
2: That's correct.
11: Okay. And also when we say ya, like you just say ya, wouldn't we wouldn't we have to say e ya? Is that yeah. how we would say it? Is that would, yeah. would that be correct or no?
2: Yeah that's correct. But I mean it's like in Italian, you know, you have this idea of I, Io, EO, eo, but it's oftentimes just pronounced yo, yo, yo.
11: Okay. Okay. So it's the same thing okay. with "ya
2: ya ya."
11: Okay, yeah. I, I just wanted to know that, and I, and I wanted to tell you, I thought, I thought my husband and I were talking about, and I told him, I said, look, I said, so you say anything in, in Hebrew, will really, in any, any language, when you use those vowel sounds, you're, you're saying part of his name. I mean, it just makes sense, you know? Yeah, and the Anyways. thing is,
2: we, again, we talked about this, you know, this passage out of John in John 17, when Yahusha says, I w- have declared your name unto them, and will declare it, that the love of you that is in me might be in them. This is such a big deal. I mean, you know, when you, when you say, when you want to go to somebody and, and you know, share something with them, share the name. Share the name. You know, Instead of saying, uh, you know, hey, look, my pastor said you need to come down to our church and give an altar call so we can baptize you. Instead of saying that, just ask somebody. Hmm. I noticed that you, you know, you've made reference to the Lord. And did you know that the Lord really isn't the word that appears there at all in scripture? That his real name is Yahweh. You know, I shared with with a friend of mine, and she was kind of a beginning believer, if you will. And I said, well, do you want to know the real name? And she says, yeah, I do want to know the real name. And I said, okay, well, let me tell you. So I don't think I can pronounce it because I can't pronounce Hebrew. I said, yes, you can. It's just E-A-U-A. And I said, but don't distinguish between the vowel sounds. Take out the little hyphen and just say it as one flowing sound. And she turned to me and she she looked at me and she said, You mean like Iawa? And when she said it, it almost blew me over. It just almost blew me over. It was so profound, her being able to pronounce the name for the first time, you know. And there's been times when I've gone into congregations when I have three minutes to preach, you know, three minutes is not very long. And I just impart on them. I said, okay, well, look, I'm not going to tell you anything else. I'm just going to tell you the name so that you know. I got up in front of a group of Christian pastors once, and it was pretty funny. They didn't think it was funny, but I did. Uh, But they had 20 minutes of worship. You know, blessed be your name. You know, uh, your name is exalted. We lift your name on high, you know. And they went on and on for 20 minutes with this name stuff so I got up and I said, you know, okay, great. I mean, we, I've listened to 20 minutes of worship. Your name is exalted. We lift your name on high. You know, your name is above all things, on and on. I said, what's his name? You guys are Christian pastors. What's his name? And it was dead silent. It was dead silent. Uh, we never thought of that. Well, you know, you're called on to declare it. You're called to publish it. You're called to mention it. You're called to swear by it. You're called to do all these things. And you didn't do it. And look, the disciples went out preaching the name, right? And Yosha, more importantly, Yausha said, I have declared your name. And so what happens when he gets in front of uh, uh, Caiaphas, right? Did you say you're the Messiah? Did you say that? Huh? Admit it. What does he say to him? I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was, I am. a boom. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Boyer, for him. John, how are you, buddy? What's going
6: on? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I was uh, gonna kind of, I guess, ask the question or pigtail off of what Chris had talked about there with the revival, um, and and this idea that this revival, great revival, is coming, and all of that stuff. Um, but uh, you mentioned the restoration, and isn't that uh, the very thing that kind of kicked itself off uh, Ezekiel's curse or whatever you want to call it. in 2008, 2009, many think that that was the end of that curse, and yes. we've seen this rise of people uh, uh, worshiping Torah. This Really, this is the, the restoration that's going on, and yet those people want to call us the heretics, right? They want to bring us into that uh, idea that, uh, uh, well, we're, we're leaving the Christian church, so to speak, or Christendom, And uh, because they want to keep us bound in that same idea of Marcion and Constantine and Augustine, that second and third century heresy that that actually took away what what we are now seeing again. So isn't that really what's kind of going on?
2: Yeah, that's so true, John. I mean, you know, this is a very important point you're bringing up because, you know, when you talk about the prophecy, which is Ezekiel four five. And where Ezekiel is told, okay, you go and you lie on your side for 390 days uh, for the house of Yasharel, and each day equal to a year. So that's 390 years. And then you get to Leviticus 26, verses 27, 28, where it says, if you have not repented, then I will increase the days of your iniquity sevenfold. And so that took us from 722 BC, when with the with the collapse of the Northern Empire. All the way to the year 2008, when this iniquity was was held against the house of Yasharel and the blindness and the dispersion and everything else. And then suddenly the veil is gone. And when the veil is gone, we you heard trumpet sounds in the heavens all over the earth. Mm-hmm. The shofars were blowing all over the earth, and the angels were saying, Now come back to me, my people, come back to me, Yasharel. And when, and of course, when we when we published the name Yahweh, we weren't the only ones who published it, but when the name of Yahweh was being revealed, guess what? The 10 tribes were instantly found. The tribes were instantly found because they had preserved the name all over the earth. They didn't know it, but all they knew was this is the name that we use and they preserved it. And now the 10 tribes are being found. So not only were the tribes being found, but the covenant was also being found. The covenant was being found, just like Josiah found the books and he went back and he went, look at this, you know, and he was reading them and he's going, this stuff has got to go. The Ashtoreth poles have to go, Right. The Astaroth Poles, right? The Astaroth, the, the, another name for the goddess Astaroth was also Biblos. Byblos was another name for Astaroth, which was the name used to, to identify a collection of writings that the Romans called the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they did it to co-opt the Greek supremacy at the time over ideology and named after this Biblos, right? But the Asherah Poles had to go. But what we don't know is, and what we didn't know for many, many years, is that the head of the serpent is in Rome. Now, I mean, I have to tell you, I look at this now, when I think about it, the serpent that has been worshiped all over the world, whether it's the NHS in the UK, or it's the healthcare system in Canada and Australia, South Africa, whether it's the uh, American Medical Association, It's all identified by the serpent on the pole, all of it. It's identified by the serpent on the pole, the same serpent that is found in in the groin area of the bafflement, the same serpent. Now, if we worship the serpent for all these years, don't you think that at some point that serpent is going to turn around and bite you? And that's exactly what's going on right now, is that the two fangs of the serpent, the double jab, the two fangs of the serpent now, and the serpent is turning and the serpent in, it has turned and intends to bite every single human being. Now, when I thought about that this morning, I'm thinking about this and I'm going, OK, this is weighing heavily on my spirit. What can I do? I want to be able to. Uh, what can I do? I want to be able to think that YAH has a method for this. Well, he does have a method. On one hand, I need to prepare to be a martyr unto YAH. I need to be willing to give my testimony unto death. And I just have to be, able, I need to be prepared to do that. You know, we were talking about it last night. We were, we were laughing really hard about this. You know, it was like, here you are in the, in the FEMA camp, you're about to go to death and you look at the FEMA guard and you say, Hey, Have you heard that one about the FEMA guard and the talking dog? You know, (laughs) you're telling him a joke as you're walking down the thing, right? And the thing is, is that, you know, I don't know about telling jokes like that, but I can tell you that with Yeltsha, the thing that will disturb them more than anything is for us to walk to our death in great joy Mm -hmm. and say, you know something? I mean, you know, you guys were doing okay until you decided to kill me this way because now... I'm coming back, and by the way, I'll be looking for you. <laughs> I'll be looking for you when I come back. I'll be looking for you, and it, but in the meantime, you know, in the meantime, we see that our testimony must be perfected in Yosha. It must be perfected. You know, it was his testimony that was perfected before Yah, and we need to have a similar testimony that is perfected before Yah. Not that we're perfect people. But that our testimony is what Yahweh lives. Our testimony. And what is this gospel message that we bring? That the Ruach Yahweh has anointed us to preach the good news to the poor. He's anointed us to preach this good news and to go out and tell people hey, guess what? He's going to give us a garment of praise and oil of gladness for our mourning. All of this is what is going to come upon us. And so let us be let us be joyful in you, and let us move ahead with this kind of thing, yeah. And you know, um, uh, John, I'll tell you this: as we as we look into these times now, right, and we talk about revival and restoration, the house of Israel was called back, and we're called what? We're called to keep His covenant. If you look at what our command is, what was the call that's being restored? It's at the end of Revelation uh, twelve. Because this is who Satan is going to come after. He'd come after those who have the testimony of Yahusha and who are keeping the commandments. It's very clear. It's a two-fold drop, right? And the testimony of Mashiach, this testimony of Mashiach is a tremendous testimony because it really is a testimony of us all. It is a testimony of the prophecies. It is the testimony of what? That Yahweh has created his seed on this earth, his children his people. And those people went went astray. They went wayward. They walked away. And when they walked away, and he knew they were going to walk away, that they walked away into condemnation and damnation. They were in the same condition as the fallen watchers. They were without rescue. They were without deliverance. They were lost. And Yahshua came and said, I'm going to correct that. And suddenly, by his death and his resurrection, that was corrected. That was corrected, and the condemnation that had befallen all of mankind was taken away. This is what John fourteen six says when he says, "I am the way, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by what I did, except by my life, except by the things that I accomplished when I ended the condemnation of sin and death, and instead restored life to those who what who want it." to those who seek it, to those who ask for it, then I will give them life. They take my covenant upon them. I will give them life. The ones that don't want it, what can I say? Here, the, the door was wide open. Why didn't you come in? We had other things to do. And so now you're right. And so when you see the Christian church, which is linked up directly to the head of the serpent, I mean, when you, when you recognize that, this genocide that is being perpetrated against mankind worldwide. The source of this comes from a couple of people. Klaus Schwab, who is a Nazi working with the World Economic Forum, which is a Nazi group of corporatist fascists, the thousand top corporations in the world who want nothing more than profit at your expense. Neil Ferguson, who's operating out of the UK, who has set forth the who who lied about the, the the calamity that was supposedly this thing and who has set forth this doctrine that is now moving into the next stage and the next stage is of course another birth pang yet of more of the hand of satan working against yah's people on this earth as they where as they close in as they close the trap they're closing the trap and with that happening the world economic forum all of these guys are under the tutelage and control of the thirteen families that govern the Pope and that govern the Vatican, and all of this—this this whole thing—that's on us right now—came directly out of Rome. It came directly out of Rome. So here you have the serpent's head, and and the progeny of the serpent, which is the serpent being worshipped on the pole. Now we cannot be shocked that that serpent has turned and is biting us with both fangs,
6: right? Right. And we cannot be dragged back into that. Right. Doesn't it say in Revelation that they, you know, that beast turns on on that whore? And isn't that kind of the idea that's going to happen sooner or later? Well, there's a couple
2: of things when you talk about those prophecies, there's a couple of things. I mean, I would encourage you to read, of course, for Ezra 15.
6: Yeah. Because China thinks
2: it's going to escape and China is not going to escape. And but China will turn and yeah, the, the head of the serpent is going to be crushed by the heel of Yahshua. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's what's going to happen. And they don't know that yet. But I can tell you when I when I see them, you have this race against time. And it's not a race that we participate in. We as believers, we walk down a path of what? Loving Yah and finding his purpose through prayer, and then trying to seek out and and breathe life into that purpose with what we do as human beings in obedience to his voice. The rest of the world is in this race, a race against time. What well, we have to hurry up and kill all these people who remember us and all the crimes we committed. We have to hurry up and get rid of these people who remember what, what uh, life under the commandments used to look like. We have to get rid of them. And it is clearly at the hands of Satan that Satan is doing these things and he's working against us. And as Satan works against these things, uh, and, and, we, and we see these things, You have to know that they're looking at this and saying, like our own leadership is, we have to kill our own people as quickly as we possibly can. And in the meantime, we're trying to start a war with everybody else on earth. Well, you you have to keep this in mind. Yah's blessing is upon his people. Yah's blessing is upon his people. And he works miraculously we can't ever forget that, that he works miraculously, and he works miraculously within us and for us. And we can't forget that. And so it is not up to us to live in fear or trepidation or anything else of what's coming on the earth, because that ain't us. That's somebody else. Let somebody else worry about it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, John. Okay, I want to go to Josh. Josh, what's what's going on, Josh? Well, that's, that's probably a good segue into the question that I had.
13: So I wanted to delve into Daniel 243. The Uh, iron with Myrie clay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The mixing the seed of this thing. Yep. And uh, break that apart a little bit with some some things that have transpired in in history. And take a look at, we're probably getting ready to fall into the next trap with Trump coming back.
2: Most likely with the... Oh, that's a huge trap. That's a huge trap, Josh. Thank you for saying that because... That trap is one that is. Uh, uh, before we get into that
13: question, I wanted to preface that with a couple things that Trump did. If you remember way back in um, May 31st, 2017, he came out with this tweet, Fee, and everybody has wondered what that was. Covfefe,
2: yeah, Covfefe.
13: F- yeah, yeah. When you break that apart, he was probably, and he posted it six minutes after midnight and deleted it six hours later, if, if you take a look at what he did. But when you break that apart with what happened, it probably stands for, for uh, COVID, FE is iron, iron, iron. And when you start to look at the magnetic particles, these nanoparticles, they're mostly made up of iron oxide. And iron has different valences, uh, two and three, which stands for FEFE. And when you look at this research that was done also linked to warp speed by one of the Indian doctors. What they're using is ferritin, which also if you look at the etymology, it's always iron, right? Which is a protein. And that is the vehicle they've chose for this, uh, for these, I guess, nanoparticles. They say it assembles into 24 spikes, according to this uh, Indian doctor. Ironically, he's linked to Operation Warp Speed and all the way back to Trump's administration. Who's the godfather of the vaccine is what he calls. Yeah, it.
2: and who's self-admitted godfather of the vaccine.
13: Yeah. Now he's coming back, most likely with this, um, you know, all the irre- irre- you know, irregularities with the, uh, you know, ballots and everything. Whether it's in Arizona or Michigan, it's coming back everywhere. So it looks like he deceived us earlier, but when you look at what Daniel was telling us long ago, he talked about iron mixed with miry clay, it won't cleave together in the seed of man, right? When he says cleave, and you start to look, there was an autopsy of an 18-year-old. One of the autopsy folks looked at the brain and said, I've never seen anything like it. And that town that burned down in B.C., Lytton, he talked about that. Yep, 62% of the folks have uh, cardio issues and they're seeing microscopic clotting. When they say won't cleave, look at what Daniel told us. Is that related to clotting? Is that there, is everything linked together? Is that happening now? And if it is happening now,
2: what's next? That's, yeah, that's you know point. Josh, I gotta tell you, thank you for uh, thank you for that discussion point. I'll tell you it it is so true. And I can tell you, I mean, I'll just share with you what I think is next, okay? As I have mentioned several times, I believe that this is going to continue to get worse through till April of 2024. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And as it gets worse, it gets worse in terms of the secular world, the outer court. Remember, the Gentiles are trampling the outer court for 42 months, Revelation 11, 2. And... But this will not happen for those who are inside the temple and worshiping, inside the temple and worshiping. And so it is really important for us to keep the temple pure and to not allow this graphene oxide, which is a form of this iron oxide, this refined form of iron oxide that's in the system uh, to manifest itself. Now, we know that a lot of people are shedding this stuff now too. It's not really shedding, it's a transmission that is taking place as these nanoparticles merge from person to person. But we also know something else too. This uh, iron that they're putting in the body, it says it will not cleave. And and what's taking place is that it's fading. And this is why they're talking about three boosters a year because they can't keep the chip manifesting because the natural antibodies in the body are, are destroying it, they're wiping it out. So they got to keep injecting you with more iron because it's not cleaving to the clay. So they keep injecting you, injecting you, injecting you in order for these nanoparticles to form both the spike protein and they're forming wires of transmission. These particles, I mean, there was a guy who did a video and he showed the, he showed that he had this infrared light on his arm, you know, and, and it showed up the place where he'd taken the shot. And then it showed the particles running down his veins, down his arm, and illuminating the the veins on the back of his hand, right? And so you can see that there's, they have all this technology that that they're using and they fancy themselves as very smart people. And they aren't, they aren't. If they were smart people, they would know the name of Yahweh. they don't. So they're not that smart. And so they've got their plan that they're working on behalf of the serpent and they're working on behalf of the serpent because the serpent wants damnation for all of mankind. The serpent, who has condemnation without redemption, wants to make sure that we have condemnation without redemption. And he is here on earth to make war against the saints. That's what he's doing. And they can't even find the saints right now because they don't know where to look. They don't know what they're doing. And is covering his people. But they're trying to close the circle now so that they can find the saints. And even though they try to tell you, oh, we're looking for Republicans. Oh, we're looking for conservatives. Oh, we're looking for Trump supporters. No, they're not. They're looking for us. They don't know they're looking for us, but that's who they're looking for. And Giannis going la- to keep us hidden until until he doesn't want to keep us hidden anymore. So this one is for the, the group.
13: Just much like Kobe and his dad, the discussion he had there and, and many of the other folks on here, I, I tried to... Uh... Talk with my brother-in-law, where's the button? I've been fully vaccinated. And, and he approached my son yesterday to get fully vaccinated, which he, uh, he didn't. So I talked to him and said, hey, have you looked at all the facts that are out there? You know, lots of folks are, you know, passing away with the bears and all the adverse reactions were not promised tomorrow, you know, try to get right with the Lord. I, none. It's like Teflon, just falls off. Now, I'm pretty bold and I, I almost said, Hey, your time is short. You're going to die. Make make sure you're right with the Lord. I mean, just that's how I talk, you know, very much like you. Uh, you're very, very bold in your face. But that doesn't work. If my kids tell me that, you know, usually the direct approach does. Is there any guidance or anyone on the call that has been successful with anybody that's been vaccinated to, you know, at least get right with the Lord before
2: they, you know, the inevitable happens here? I think think Marcus can speak to that a little bit, Josh. I think Marcus can speak to that. Marcus, why don't you come in a little bit and tell us what you got to say here.
14: It's so fascinating because the name is so important. I was going to another state to look for land about six different trips down to Texas in the last few months. And literally, I prayed with a uh, real estate agent at the end. I said, can we pray when we had a meeting down there? I said, after she said she didn't have anything really, but she looked. I said, could we pray together? And I said, I want to pray. in Our father's name is Yahuwah, and his son's name is Yahushua. So I said, I'll pray in the name, the real names. And I prayed. She's a Christian. And I prayed. And at the end of my prayer, she went... Oh, my goodness. She said, there's that name on the wall of somebody's house, those letters, Y-H-W-H in a house that's for sale. And I said, OK, introduce me to them. And I went to those people. And literally at that point, I started talking to those people and they started introduce me to another set of people. And they started introducing me to another set of people who literally have this uh, company that's called ProVision. P-R-O-V-I-Z-I-O-N. They have a proprietary version of glutathione that's that's the spectacular antitoxin that will help remove all of these heavy metals from your system. Uh,
2: now, Marcus, let's talk about that for just one second. I'm sorry Mike, for interrupting you, yes. but I want to talk about this glutathione no. for just a moment. Because when we talk about people who have taken the, the double backs, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But we do know this, for those who have, are exposed to people who are transmitting spike protein to you, that you haven't taken the vaccine, it's being uh, uh, transmitted to you, this will be very successful at, at uh, detoxing your system and, and deoxidizing. Remember, it's this graphene oxide, and this is an antioxidant that works against that
14: right? It's like like a rain barrel. If you fill up your rain barrel full, every time you have a stressful situation, every, okay, let's go back. Every cell in your body has a mitochondria, which is the blast furnace. It uses something called ATP. And ATP's precursor is called glutathione. Every single cell in your body makes glutathione or needs glutathione. Nobody knows this in the medical community. And this is so important for us to know, because if you'll, have this glutathione when you're uh, 22 to 40, somewhere in there at just 40, 50, 60, 70, it depletes. In the bodies of 100 year old people, they have found that they have massive amounts of glutathione. So people that live into the older ages have lots of glutathione. The 20 under 20s have lots of glutathione and it just works itself down. Which it's- is why they're
2: resistant to that's which is why they're resistant to this spike protein. Yeah. Well, let's not get yeah. too far down that path because I do want to answer this question that Josh raised. What do we say to the vaccinated? And can we reach them? Now, if I can, Marcus, let me give just a, a quick testimony. My wife has had some very earnest discussions with my children who have taken the vax. A couple of them have. And she has gone to them and said, point blank, do you still believe? Remember that you were baptized. Do you still believe? And if you do still believe, then you have a reckoning that you have to deal with. You have something that you have to do that's ahead of you. And there's something that you have to do that's ahead of you. And I can tell you, and, I, and I'll tell you, I just want to share this with you, Josh, if I can share really from my heart on this. When we have loved ones who are in this situation, you know, the, the the thing is, is that I do not believe, I think Amy said it a couple of weeks ago, and it was a really great testimony, which is that nothing will separate us from the love of Yah. Even the serpent's bite will not separate us from the love of Yah. However, the people who are not who are in the, the hand of mashiach who will not be snatched away. their soul may not be snatched away, but their body may suffer the indignation of death that comes from this from these vaccines. And I'll tell you they've had they've had a 13 year old boy die from a heart attack in his sleep last week. the The various website is lying to you. It, it is only reporting somewhere between, According to Harvard University, VAERS reports 1% of the actual numbers, and VAERS is reporting almost 10,000 dead from the VAX. That means that there's probably 100,000 dead from the VAX and almost 4 million injured. That's a lot of people. And last week, even with the numbers they admitted, there were more people who died from the VAX than died from COVID.
14: Marcus? I think that we need to also look at second uh, sepher of Peter in second Peter one 16. This is really important. It says for, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Adonai Yahusha HaMashiach. And I think it's very important for you to know that the cunningly devised fables of churchianity stem from Roman Catholicism, sun God, pagan worship. And if you don't know a good fable when you see one, let me tell you about Christy Moss and Ishtar and Halloween and the steeples on all of these churches. I was telling a man yesterday, I said, if we had all of the money back from every church in America that has the phallic symbol of the steeple on the top of it, if we had all the money back from those steeples, there would be no homeless on the streets in America. Just the steeples alone. What a terrible thing you think about cunningly devised fables, that's what the AMA, and that's what all the medical Mm -hmm. societies are doing. Cunningly devised. If you listen to them, I've got great, great piece of land for you to buy that's on the edge of the ocean there in Oklahoma. There isn't any. And remember this, cunningly devised fables repeated so many times, so many years, don't make them true. Please know that Yahoo says specifically about Christmas trees. And the horrible things that are going on in churchianity are only one foot in one foot out. As we know, Martin Luther was a Roman Catholic priest. So he got partway out. But the churches, the sister churches of churchianity, do not teach truth. They teach cunningly devised fables. And I want you to know, if you're not aware of this, they're very smart. They've really worked these fables out century after century after century. And the American Medical Association is parroting so many of them through their media uh, allies that you can't get away from them unless you make a concerted effort to turn the channel of the radio dial. You guys that are older know you just turn the channel and you turn it (laughs) to this channel. You turn it to suffer and you begin to see that, you know, some of these cunningly devised fables that you probably don't even know that are in your heart. One of them is that it's we've been told over and over and over, you cannot work your way to heaven by the churchianity. If you believe that you cannot do any works or that your works mean nothing, you are not reading your own scriptures because your works mean everything to where you end up. And I'm going to say, after you've made that initial understanding that Yahusha is our Mashiach and you've accepted that, you must have a life that has fruit. If you have no fruit, he's going to say, I never knew you. You can claim on, you know, December 27th, 1963, that you accepted Jesus. But if your life is one that doesn't show it in its fruit, he will say, I never knew you. Please know this, brothers and sisters, it's cunning. It's so deep in a lot of our churchianity minds back in there. That we don't realize, we say, "Oh, I don't, I can't do any works to go to heaven." We're not saying that you work to go to heaven. We're saying you must have a relationship that shows that your belief—not that word faith—your belief actually shows that you are doing something about this. And this is where now, we have to walk away because, from the service because,
2: because what does Yah say, Marcus? He says, "You know, if you love me, you coming. will."
14: I'm not, my, my goodness, it's all, all over the scriptures. There's yeah, all so
2: many, I've asked you to do, all of you, he says in Jeremiah 7, 21, right? I didn't ask you to slaughter animals. All I asked you to do was to obey my voice and I will be your Elohim and you will be my people. You know, I, and it's... That, it's, I, it's, I, it's I a, it, Go ahead. Well, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it's a wonderful thing uh, about Yah. And, and, you know, and when we talk about, well, I'm not saved by works okay well what was your altar call that was a work amen that a baptism that was a work. what are you talking about you know and and of course what does paul say you know work out your salvation, salvation in fear and fear. trembling yeah, yeah it's it's
14: i would love to do this with this group if you don't mind at some point in first baruch uh, two eight. it says, yet you have not prayed, yet have we not prayed before Yahuwah, that we might turn everyone from the imaginations of his wicked heart. And I would like as a group for us to pray those kinds of prayers, th- that prayer, that we would pray before Yahuwah, that we might turn everyone from the imaginations of our wicked hearts, because that's when we find truth and power to overcome the circumstances that are being thrown at us.
2: Yeah, Don't amen. We pray that? Yeah, yeah, we can play
13: that right Dr. now. And Marcus, thank you for that excellent. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. One last follow-up question: That glutathione is that a pill form or is it a natural form in uh, you know some some leaves that Marcus always talks about? Can you just clarify the folks that are on this call? Would we look for a pill? If so, where? Or is it in natural form that we should look for? And it's that's a natu-
14: It's a natural form. Great question. It's a natural form that has been capsulized. And if you look at the word provision, the last four letters are Zion, Z-I-O-N, provizion.com slash Marcus, you'll find these things on there. And basically, the point is this, the natural things are going to bring healing to us, what the unnatural satanic world is going to throw at you. Remember, you never resign your shalom. We talked about that last week. You have the power to not resign your shalom. Hang on to your peace. Peace, by the way, shalom means peace, prosperity, and health. Different places in the scripture. Never resign it to the world. If we just pray this prayer, I want to pray this with you, and I will tell you the beautiful three parables of Enoch in the middle of Enoch talk all about these. If you guys will just read the middle of Enoch, you'll see the beautiful times when Father comes in and has the delightful ability to give us what our works deserve it's spectacular in each one of those three parables. But let's pray. Is it okay, brother?
2: Yeah, it's okay, Marcus. Let's pray. And if you would, if you would, brother, I would also like to include in this prayer not just the imaginations of our wicked heart, but also the imaginations of our mind. Remember that this clarity of thought, clarity that you know, this clarity of thought and clarity of process. That yeah, can you, you want? Can you want, Can I lead this prayer, Marcus, or do you want to lead
14: it? Oh, please, brother, go right ahead.
2: Okay, let's pray hear our prayers as we lift them to you now. And we lift this board before the whole fellowship Father, that you might be a cleansing fire now yes and that your purge might take place within us that you would take away our hearts of stone Amen. and our the wicked imaginations of our heart and the wicked imaginations of our mind and that you might replace them with the beautiful things that you have created in this world and beginning with your name and beginning with the grace and the authority that you have bestowed on your people, Father. But we ask that you would replace those things with the beauty of righteousness and with the with the ointment of your glory and with joy in, in, in what you have brought forth in your plan of salvation. Father, we pray that you would strengthen us now that our Ruach, that our Ruach would begin to take on the armor of the word of Yahweh, that we would take on this helmet and this shield and the sword and this breastplate, and that you would clothe us now in your heavenly armor, that you would cleanse us from the inside out, that you would purge the dross, that you would give us minds of righteousness, seeking after yes. you in all things, yes. and that our heart would be made pure, and that we would be uh, that we that we would be given a heart of flesh, that we would could go about loving one another in this world and not subjecting one another to condemnation or speaking death or uh, or speaking the words of the cult of death among those around us, but rather speaking the words of life that you have given us. In the name of Yasha, our Mashiach, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let it be Let so. It be.
14: Could yes. I just
7: ask Marcus a question? Did he just give us like a website to go to? Um, could you could he say it again, please? Sure. So Actually,
14: this will be something that Stephen and I will be doing together pretty soon here. It's called Provision, P-R-O-V-I-Z-I-O-N dot com slash Marcus. It's fantastic for building the glutathione to resist all of the toxins that are around you. It's antitoxin, it's antioxidant, and then it will also knock out these things that are what they're calling all these, you know, splitting offs, all of this stuff. It's so- Fabulous. I already
7: do a lot of natural health already. I've been doing it for years. I'm taking actually a plant right now because of uh, I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was seventeen. So everybody pray for me because I need my healing this year because I'm running out of insulin and I will not be getting any in the in the
14: USA. This is going to help you. This is going to Yeah, that's what I was
7: asking because it's got the, glutam- the glutamine in it, which is yes. the, the, the uh, reduction of the beta cells in the pancreas. Yes. So I take the uh, plant now called the resurrection plant. It's actually called the Rose of Maryam. Yes, um, that's lovely. It, it, yeah, it's the resurrection plant. So I'm taking that as well at the moment. So I'll do I just email this, Marcus, and then we can chat through email? and, and Yes,
14: you can email to me anytime. Uh, you, is
7: this your email? What you've just given?
14: Well, brother, do you want me to do that? Uh, no, I think probably the best way to do this, Amy, is
2: I will connect the two of you via private chat, so the two of you can talk, <laughs> and um, you. you know, and that's going to be the best way to do it. And the thing is, is that when we talk about, we've talked about these natural remedies before. You know that there is scripture that supports the fact that Yah has created natural remedies for us. Yes. And the world is going to, you know, this 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 serpent world that we're seeing now, the rise of the serpent, all of this world is going to collapse. You, you know, the head of the serpent is going to be crushed by the heel of Yahusha. <clears throat> that is most certainly what is going to happen. It's been predicted from the foundation of the world that it's going to happen. And the serpent is rising and the serpent is doing everything he can to bite the heel of Mashiach with his, with his double-fang serpent bite. But his head is going to be crushed and it's not going to be crushed by us it will be crushed by Yasha, who will crush this head and in the meantime for those of us who are out here and saying well i've got this problem i'm relying on the serpent i need to go to my pharmacia. i need to go to my pharmacist to get this and i need to go to my pharmacist to get that and i have to get this and i have to get that there are naturopathic remedies that you need to rely upon now i'm not a doctor going to tell you here that i'm giving you medical advice but i am giving you spiritual advice and the spiritual advice is this, we are called to be natural people. This is what the easy yoke and the light burden is all about. We're not called to be contrived GMO people. We're, contri- we're We're called to be natural persons, living in a natural world, doing natural things, not synthetic same things. And if we can do that, if, if you can adjust your life to be dependent upon naturopathic ideas for where you are and to help you you're going to discover like marcus has a personal testimony of him walking out of the grave itself when his doctor said you're dead don't even bother coming back here and he came back later and said hey guess what i'm not dead and the doctor
14: was mad i said you were going to die and he didn't die
2: and he didn't. No, but they did.
14: Oh, interesting, Stephen, they didn't want to know. This is the important thing for all you people, all you brothers and sisters. They don't want us to know that there are ways out. And they mm-hmm. want you to think that theirs is the only way. But remember this, everything that they have is a counterfeit, number one. Number two, every single thing that they have has a quote unquote side effect, and they know it and they won't take it themselves for the most part or give it to their loved ones. But remember, side effects are nothing more than death in disguise. They're gonna kill you one way or to other, get you on the medical merry-go-round. Here comes a problem that they created. Here's the, medical the next merry-go-round. problem.
2: Yeah, right, oh, right. yeah, there it is, now, yeah.
14: If you look at, in, uh, just to quickly think, to close out that, Enoch 39, there's beautiful songs all about in these things of volumes of people singing praise, myriads of people. Blessed be he, blessed be he, blessed be he from the beginning forever. Blessed be he, blessed be he, blessed be he,
2: blessed be he from the beginning
15: forevermore.
2: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> all I'm right. So Thank so you, Marcus. Good. Thank you. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> let me let me go let me go to Shelly real quick. Then I'll come back to you, Shoshi. Okay. Is that all right? Okay, Shelly, how are you?
3: Hey, I'm good, Dr. P. When you were praying, it just reminded me of one piece of artwork that um Yahuwah had me make at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I just wanted to show it to you guys and read you the verse. Yeah, hallelujah. It's this one. I'll talk so it'll show up on the scene, um, on the screen. Adonai has
2: given, wait, wait. Adonai has given me the tongue of the learned, keep going, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Oh, hallelujah. Oh yeah. He wakens morning by morning. He wakens my, lift it up a little more, my ear to hear as the learned. Yeah hallelujah. Yeah beautiful. Yeah, and then I, beautiful.
3: yeah then I finished it with this of of the good shepherd holding us because you know one of my favorite um scriptures is how he'll go after the one, you know, and he goes
2: after the one that's lost. Amen.
3: And Ezekiel 34, when he says, you know, I've come on that dark and dreary day to bind up the one that was lost, the one that was wounded, the one that was hurt, and I will find you and I will bind up your wounds myself, I myself will bind up your wounds and take care of you. But I did this so that I would remember there's going to be a lot of hurting and weary people. And I'm asking Yahuwah to give me strength and to make me strong, that I Amen. would have his word in my mouth to speak into those situations. And that was Amen. all
2: Amen. Hallelujah. Let us not forget that. And we should not cease to pray for our loved ones either. Uh, and but you know Mashiach says it's easy to pray for your loved ones. Also pray for your enemies, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to pray for our loved ones, but we have to be the light in the darkness. We have to be the light. We have to be the salt. We have to stand. And even when there's and even when people are saying we, we need to be afraid, you guys need to be afraid. No, we don't need to be afraid. Or we're going to kill you. So that's your plan. Yasha has another plan. You know, do not be afraid of the death of the flesh, but be afraid of the second death. Right? So it's very, very important. So thank you so much, Shelly. That's beautiful. Thank you. Shoshi, what have you got?
4: Yeah. Hey, oh, Doc. Yeah, don't. it was really great. Everybody had some great things. Yeah. Just remember, one of the things I put up there is don't forget what it says in uh, Mark 16, that those who believe in my name, Yehusha says, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember that friends. That's the scripture. That's the written word. Do not worry about things you're going to drink because Yahusha, they Yahushua knows who you are and you are not going to drink any deadly thing in his name. But that's not the question I had. Hey doc, question I had was not a question. All we're hearing now is this is another big thing. I sent you an email about it, but about now they're talking about, they're going to start reading our texts and our emails about anything <laughs> that we have to do with the jab. And also now they're talking about coming door to door to talk to you about, you know, about, you know, about the jab and all that. What is your thinking about that? I don't know if they're really going to do come to, the door oh, to do it. Oh, they are. I've been... already
2: seen videos of them going door to door. I've seen. In, what are they going to uh, do? In... Yeah.
4: I'll just don't come to my door. I'm not going to answer it.
2: Yeah. Well, don't I answer mean, think... the door. Yeah. Don't answer the yeah, door and don't I think open the maybe door. maybe some of
4: the. Co- good. Right? Yeah, I think some of the uh, red state the governors are putting a squash on that. But what about the text message? I mean, that's against the law, obviously. What right? law?
0: There yeah,
4: is no, no law, the law. Yeah, we is- had a law, but they don't believe any, they don't follow yeah, yeah. them anyway. They, there there they is no law. The,
2: the law is gone. Yeah. But I wouldn't you worry about that.
4: can't even it at fight all. against that in court, huh? Oh, we got all quicker judges anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, right.
2: And so I mean, it's just ridiculous. The whole thing is gone. What you're seeing now is you've seen just the straw man. There's nothing left, right?
4: Yeah, this, it's all the nation this has
2: been gutted it's all gone and we're just yep. waiting for the house of cards to fall and so it, yep. and it, it's going to come hey you
4: know what the house of cards somebody just told me about that there's something on netflix i didn't watch it it talks about a wicked evil government the house of cards on netflix apparently it's it's really really wicked it sounds a lot like our government and the governments of the earth right now the wickedness of all oh yeah, I mean they're very—they're—they're
2: they're completely wicked, and they are engaged. They're at war with us, and they have this evil psychotic plan—that is the the plan of Satan, right? To—to yeah. to kill humanity. I mean, this is what it is. It's the plan of Satan, and yeah. this is what happens. I mean, if you if you worship Satan long enough, you drink blood long enough. Ultimately, you're going to come to this place. this is what yeah, you're going to exactly. do. Exactly. But I can tell you, Shoshana, listen. When they come to your house, do not let them in. Don't let them go. I'm not, open let, I'm not answering them, my door because if you open the door to them, they will come in and they'll look around and they'll make up stories about you and everything else. You don't do not open the door to them.
4: I'm not and, opening my door. What, what know, about I the have, text messages?
2: Well, the text that means we're going to
4: delete them all, all our text messages and all yes, our emails. Yes, yes,
2: yes. If you use, delete. if you use, uh, if you use uh, signal or if you use, uh, what's the other one? Um, Anyway, there's two of them out there that you and and you can actually set it up on your own text messages too, where you can set them up to uh, be read and then deleted, right? And you know, you just but I mean, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not worried about anything. If they want to, I mean, how can we be
4: afraid? We've read your text messages.
2: We we've decided that you're an enemy of the state. Well, you know, the state that you're in. Yeah, I'm an enemy (laughs) of your state. I'm I'm an I'm an enemy of wickedness. I'm an enemy of of Satan's kingdom. And I guess, so I guess I guess I'm an enemy, an enemy to you. And, and, and there's nothing that's going to happen about it. The fact you want to call me your enemy, well, call me your enemy. The yep. fact of the matter is you've got one enemy and that is he who created you and that's you right. have declared yourself his enemy. So don't want to forget about me. There's nothing I'm going to do to you. I'm just a guy right. over here who's preaching the word. What am I going to do to you?
4: Yeah, I'm not going to do about
2: him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything. What am I gonna do to you? I'm not doing anything to you. You're not I'm not the one you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. The one you that's have right. to worry about is the one that can go, you don't have any more breath in your nostril.
4: I just took it away from you. You don't have a yeah, consuming fire mind. coming out of his mouth, right? The blast yeah, of fire is exactly gonna right. come out of his mouth.
2: And do not think that Yah isn't going to do these things. He but you know, we have to wait on Yah's judgment. I you know. have to wait. I mean, as I said before, I think that Yah has. The angels in Revelation pulled out the sickle and plummeted into the earth. And
0: mm-hmm.
12: that's
2: what's going on right now. And that's what's going on right now. And and it also says that unless Yah shortens the time, no flesh would survive. And he's going to. So he's going yeah. to shorten his Wickedness
4: life. abounds. He could, it's like he's it's like everything's uncovered now about them. And things that were hidden before that we didn't really know about. I mean, let's face it, in the last couple of years, we've seen actually since Obama, I would say. We have really seen things just really uncover, uncover, uncover. Yeah, There's yeah. no hiding what they do. Right. We now all know.
2: Complete, now it's completely uncovered. You can yeah. see them all for who they are. And what Oh, doing. exactly. And, and now that we've seen it all, okay, all right, fine. Well, we, we really don't have to do a thing about it because the natural structure, the natural breadth of time, you know, it's like, for instance, if you go in and you say, well, I'm going to take this pile of dirt and I'm going to dump it right here in this river and I'm going to mm-hmm. make this river do what I want it to do. You can put that pile of dirt in that river and as time goes by, that river will just wash that dirt right out and will go back to its original path. Mm -hmm. That's what will happen, And that's, what's going to happen here. These guys have got their plans to make themselves. uh, Let let me, let me forecast this and say this, these tech giants and their CEOs and their shareholders, Mm -hmm. right? And these pharmaceutical giants and their CEOs and their shareholders, they're going to be completely destroyed Mm
0: -hmm.
2: in, in a very short period of time. And I would say probably by 2024, They won't exist anymore at all. And we'll Mm -hmm. be sitting here, we'll be sitting in a room talking, saying, do you guys remember when there was a Facebook? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember when there was a Twitter? Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when there was an internet? Yeah, I remember that. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. It's completely gone Mm -hmm. because God terminated it with the breath of his coming. (laughs) Gone. Mm -hmm. You guys no longer have a digital world. And all you guys who memorialized yourself in AI and a cyborg, guess what? Those chips got fried, too. They're gone. The whole thing is just like that. Poof, gone. And then, then we go back to what it used to be to have a dial-up phone.
4: Oh, yeah. We better get everybody's phone number then before we uh, all disconnect.
2: Well, I'm going to say this to you guys again. You know, if you contact me, please write me, Stephen at sefford.net. Send me your mailing address. Because we're going to be, you know, you guys don't know this, but we're going to be relying on, what's his name, Kevin Costner to be the postman again. <laughs> And start, start running we around. We might on need a horse.
4: some pigeons. We might need some <laughs> yeah. pigeons to yeah, fly
2: a letter. Right. Yeah. They'll they'll fly in and, and deliver, you know, the notes that you need to have. But this is why I'm saying to you that we have, you know, for those of you who remember the old analog days, what it was like to live, yep. you know, you're gonna have to brush off that memory because we're gonna be back there very, very soon. So brush that off. Remember how you used to do it. Yeah, and think about that because that's where we're going. Okay.
4: Thanks. Yep. Getting the penmanship going. So I get my yeah, membership go, get the post office is going to be rising again.
2: <laughs> the postman rides, right? Let's bring on the Pony Express where we can really. Yeah, get, that's
4: right. Really the horses will be riding.
2: Yeah, there we oh go. My God. Thanks, Jason. Thanks,
4: Jessie. Dr.
2: P. Okay.
8: Sorry, Doc. Can I just say something? Yeah, sure, um, Chris. But- sorry, sorry, sorry to butt in again. Uh, I just want to say that I've got a testimony because my, my wife's mom, my mother in law, she was going to get the vax on Monday. And uh, last week, Sunday, we prayed. And, um, and you know, this is where the name comes in. i tell you what. It's just so beautiful. The name. We have had so many testimonies. When when you pray in the name of Yahweh and Yahusha, it's unbelievable. Anyway, we prayed. And um, my wife. Uh, uh, sent her something uh, on uh, WhatsApp uh, on Sunday night. It was quite late, probably about ten o'clock or so. Anyway, Monday morning came. She says, "I'm not taking the vax," and um, she was adamant. And she uh, was quite an influence on on others in the family, you know. And and uh, and then my son, he stays there because he works nearby, and he read to her out of the Book of Enoch. And she loved it so much that um, she, wanted, um, she wanted a sepher, and and it was her birthday. So um, we blessed her with a sepher. Oh, and good. I I you know, I just want to say thank you as well because it really it just comes back to what we're doing here is just it's beautiful. It's beautiful.
2: Well, Chris, let me ask you, did you get your palette jack with your Millennium Edition? <laughs> I have a joke about that. Does it come with the pallet jack? You know.
8: You know. Look, um, I, t- I tell you something. Um, it gives a new meaning to hitting somebody on the head with the Bible, doesn't it? You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I- I'm sure I'm going to use it. You know. I- and and, and this, I think it was Josh that was talking about it. You know, Doc. And 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 I just feel the urgency of the word and the strength of what is coming in now I feel that it's increasing and I also feel that um there is no time for for sweet little talks for nice little words we've got to get down to telling them the truth and the truth only and if they don't like it they don't like it it's you know um we were we were so sort of almost persecuted in a way because of our way and you know, how are you stupid? You guys get together on a on a Saturday to worship. Are you are you nuts with this COVID thing? Well, you know what? We carried on. We didn't care. I don't. I don't. We don't care. We just we just carrying on. But you know, it's it's. I can just see now. She wants to come visit. So you know, uh, Hallelujah. Before, yeah. Before it was all scared. Uh, you know the and now it's no. You know what I want to. So yeah, praise praise the Father. He's just so awesome. You know.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's that's a great report. OK, Amy, did you have something here?
7: Yeah, well, I was actually going to go back to, to the study when we were talking, I, you know, because when everyone was speaking about that scripture kept came coming up about no man has seen the father and lived. But something came to mind when I was praying about it. And the question is, have we not all died? That was one of my questions. And for me, I have died in Messiah, so I have not lived. (laughs) I died on the tree, so I'm seeing a connection with no man has seen the Father and lived. Well, we know that everybody who comes into him dies and the seed must die to live in him. So that is kind of the connection I was seeing when I was praying, and I think it's quite important to see Because we know Mashiach died also. Messiah died and he was the first raised up up from the dead. And we also are to be according to the same. And obviously the fullness of that is also going to take place. So I think that's really important to state that no man seen the father and lived. Well, I died so that I could uh, be with him. So I died to myself and he's... Uh, coming through,
2: through you yeah 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 okay yeah i understand the concept i think marcus has got some feedback on that okay marcus oh, go okay. ahead
14: okay yes it's excellent you know you realize through using the ruach tokeha which is the spirit of reasoning which we are called upon to use and the church doesn't want us to use but you could look at uh fourth maccabees 718 but they who have meditated upon the belief with their whole heart these alone can master the passions of the flesh which the pastors, by the way, haven't mastered for the most part. But these are they who believe that to Elohim, they die not. For as our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they live to Elohim. So we are not dying to Elohim ever. We are living in him, whether they take you and sever your body in parts like they did to the Maccabee boys, everything that Isaiah. all of them were treated horribly that's why you were very cool and when you said you will be ready to be martyred we do not die to elohim remember that amy we're not going yeah, no
7: i was referring to the scripture that says we die in mashiach on the tree and we yes. he went to Sheol, we went with him and then we come back up that's what i was
14: referring to that's very deep and i love that all i know that for me as a little guy i know that i'm not dying ever i'm never going to live away from elohim and I'm not going to die away from. Well, Ellie. no,
7: he's raising us up now there because on the second day, the second day he shall revive us, and on the third day he raises us up, which is what we're coming to now. So that's what I was re- referring to. I wasn't saying we're dead. I was saying we already died on the tree in Mashiach. Well, we we should have. Some people haven't. Well, you
2: know, yeah, the, it is yeah. baptism. It is the sinful man that dies on the, that dies on the tree. It is the sinful man. It is, you know, we we have this conflict between living in the flesh and living in the Ruach. And the flesh, the sinful flesh will die. The Ruach will not die. Who we are in our essence will not die. And the fact that Yah has called us to it is that is one thing. But, you know, as Mashiach's flesh died, Mashiach didn't die, but his flesh died. And And as our flesh, similar, is captured in that same death. It's captured in that, and it's captured all- in that the flesh, that what lives in us is the ruach. It's not our flesh. You know, when you when you're serving the flesh, you know, you meet people all the time in the secular world. All they're here to do is serve the flesh. What are you up to? I'm serving the flesh. I mean, and you can see it. I mean, you can see it. Like for instance, I see it in celebrities all the time. They're very proud of the things they have around them and the things they've accumulated, and they boast about how well they have served their flesh and how much that their desires to serve their flesh are met. And so it's like, I'm serving my flesh and look what I have. And here's the stuff that I have for serving my flesh tomorrow. And my flesh is being served and they, and they have not served their Ruach, even a single bite of pablum.
9: They
2: have, they haven't given, they have not given their Ruach even a single bite. And it's like, yeah, you could say, I hope you make it. You know, you're starving to death. I hope you make it. Well, sorry, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, and the thing is to leave it like that. And you you can see if you're spiritually sound, you can see that the unborn spirit sitting on a person's shoulder, they're not born again. Their spirit is sitting there in the womb, in the embryo. It's like, I want to come out. I want to come out. I want to come out. They won't let it out because they're so busy serving the flesh. Oh, look, look at my yacht. Oh, look at my my big new car. Oh, look at my fantastic multi million dollar mansion. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Serving the flesh, serving the flesh, serving the flesh. Well, what have you served the Ruah? What? Well, guess what? Well, I
7: wanted to make it clear that that's what I, I wasn't saying we were dead. I was saying we died on the tree. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I
2: know what you're saying. I just
7: said it today. It's, it's clear a good word.
2: Yeah, and therefore we can see the father, right? Yeah, I, I understand what okay, you're saying.
7: That's what I was getting at. Yeah, that was my my whole point was we died and we went into on the tree and he went to Sheol, which is through the fire, which represents the ruach and the refining. And we come back up in the raisin on the third day. That's what I see it as. So that's what I was...
2: <laughs> okay, well, we're going to start an argument later on when we get into the Midrash section of this. <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding <laughs>
2: Blessings to you, thank you. Blessings to both of you. Okay, let's go to Randall for a second. Randall, how are you?
10: I had to unmute. Yeah, um, uh, um, What we were just talking about, and uh, that's, that's beautifully said, Amy. Um, when we read about the... Um, <clears throat> y'all was going in... Uh, Going down to shale, I mean, do we do we look at that um, uh, literal, or is that more uh, metaphorical? As far as you know, he what he did ministered to the uh, uh, well. Randall, I'm
2: going to say this. I'm going to say this. I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off, but I am going to cut you off in this case because I'm not going to okay. pursue this. I'm not going to pursue this doctrine today. That is just, that is going to be, uh, that's opening a net where we could, it's going to be a long time discussing that. Okay. Um, when we talk about when we talk about that aspect of the ministry of Mashiach, there's, you know, there's scripture that has to be looked at very closely before we, you know, drive recklessly over the top of that sheet of ice, right? Because we will put the car into the guardrail. So, you know, so we got we've got to be careful about how we deal with that, okay?
10: Right, I was just wondering if it was both.
2: If yeah we, well both but
10: um just something i you know thought just popped in my head when she was talking
2: about it and yeah again there's doctrines there that people there are doctrines there that have been invented by the church some of which exist in scripture some of which don't and we've got to be care- very careful about what we delineate about how we discuss that we do know this this is what we know about mashiach is that the word was made flesh and tabernacled among us right and that flesh had an end and it was an ignominious end. It was the most humiliating of deaths that could possibly happen to a human being. He went through that. It was the death penalty that was reserved for the, for the worst criminals in the world that he suffered. And he suffered a death penalty that was more excruciating than the kind of death penalty we have here. You know, no, no crazy governor has introduced the, the cross yet. They wanna introduce the guillotine. They wanna bring in Cyclone B that they used at Auschwitz for killing people in the gas chamber. They want to electrocute you in an electric chair. They got a lot of ideas as to how to kill you, but nobody's thought about the cross yet. Hallelujah! Leave that out, right? But it was an excruciating form of death, and the flesh did in fact die. That flesh expired, but the but if you recall, in his resurrection, he returned in a glorified body, a glorified yeah. body. And in that glorified body, what did he do? He sat down and ate within it. Remember that? Yeah. He sat down and ate, and he and he wasn't a vegan. He sat down and had some <laughs> fish right and so you know you got you got to keep you got to keep these things in mind it is these are kind of important points right? right right the glorified body is something to think about because we have a promise of a glorified body too we will be given a glorified body and that glorified body will be what we're going to be what we'll be using when we, when we come back to defend this place on behalf of the of the coming new jerusalem and uh, so um woe to those who think they are going to destroy those who have the testimony of mashiach and who are keeping the commandments um they're not going to appreciate what's coming okay yeah,
10: one Thanks more for thing me. okay yeah one, one more thing um I'll try to make it brief uh, we were talking earlier about um the revival and to my knowledge the whole of the of the Christian church or you know I would kind of look at them as the ten toes, Um, but the whole of the Christian church are walking in disobedience, so if they're going to have this revival, and and in the Psalms it says, if you're not keeping my commandments, your prayers are an abomination, so are they going to be heard? Is he going to be listening?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. If if you if you close your ear to the Torah, it says in the Proverbs, if you close your ear to the Torah, then even your prayers are an abomination. Well, that begs the question. One is, what is the Torah? Instruction. Aha. Well, this is a question. And I and, and I say to you that Yah's instruction was given before it was given to Moshe. Yah's instruction was given before it was given to Moshe. Yeah. And And because of that, YAH's instruction, which is what Torah means instruction, YAH's instruction is what we should look to. And if you're closing your ear to that, which is really the path of righteousness, you're closing your ear to the path of righteousness. Why should I listen to your prayers? I mean, Isaiah goes on to it, you know, he goes on and he says, when you pray to me, I will close my eyes to your prayer. You know, talk to the hand because the face ain't listening to you. Why? Because your hands are full of blood. But then Isaiah was on to say, repent, turn from your wickedness, and then I will hear your prayers. You know that prayer that says, if my people who are called by my name, right? There's actually three prayers that precede that, that Solomon gives that are of the same tenor. If my people will do this, if my people will do that, then I will hear it from heaven and heal, right? And this has to do with kind of a general repentance across the board. You, your prayers are not going to be heard because you're walking out in wickedness. And when you walk out in wickedness, you, you know, it's like, hey, I walked out into traffic on the freeway and uh, please rescue me from being hit by a car. Well, that prayer isn't gonna be heard until you get off the freeway, right? I mean, right. that's basically how it works. So yeah, but you know, but, but nonetheless, it doesn't, it, the prayers of the righteous availeth much, it says. And we have to, you know, we have to we have to pray and we need to be people of prayer. When you look at the word, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. You know what the Greek word is there? Praise is the Greek word, P-R-A-Y-S, praise. The meek are those who pray. Those who pray are the meek. Who's going to inherit the earth? Those who pray. And your prayers are heard when you pray in righteousness. That is to say, when you are walking in the path that Yah has given you and you pray, your prayer is heard and your prayer is answered. It's not answered for you to glorify your flesh. It's answered for you to glorify the name of Yahweh in you, in you. And so this is, you know, this is kind of a different perspective, but this is how, this is how it goes. Okay.
10: I just want to let you know, I, um, I did receive my millennium edition and I'm in the process of putting the tabs on it. That's a heavy, thick book. <laughs> yeah, it I, is. I, I was thought, well, can, would my
2: would my other separate case fit on it? But I, I don't think it will. It or, won't. There's not a chance. That book is 12 by 8. And you're not going to get the old case on it. But I'll huge. tell you that. But I love the millennium, you know, and and I love the millennium. And that that book, when we printed it, you know, we printed it in Britain, right? Mm-hmm. so that's why it took so long i mean it was like what happened i don't know it got lost for like 11 weeks up in seattle somewhere like hey these guys are trying to get their scriptures sent out to them stick it over there in the back corner of the warehouse so nobody can find it i mean i don't know what they did but covenant is. i mean we couldn't find it when when it got to the point we couldn't track it anymore it's like where is it who knows have you seen it i haven't seen it what do you know i don't know and so it finally showed up but you know but that book yeah that was um, we went to um We had long discussions about the quality of the paper. We had long discussions. And, of course, you know, when you look at the book, you see the new fonts in there and everything. There was some things that are done. But, you know, a lot of people don't know about the sephron. I'll just raise it to you here. In the Old Testament, we have all the prayers in the Old Testament indented. So when, when you're looking through the Old Testament, you can look. And if you want to pray, you say, gee, I want to have a prayer here today. You can look through the Old Testament and you can see the indented sections, and you can see the prayers of Moshe, and you can see the prayers of Joshua and the prayers of David and the prayers of Solomon. Just by thumbing through the book, you can find them. Okay. And then when you get in the New Testament, we have all of the Old Testament quotes offset there as well. They're indented, they're in a slightly different font. So when you when you're Brilliant. when you're thumbing through the New Testament, it's like people say, Well, I only read the New Testament. Well, when I look in this effort and see the New Testament, I see Old Testament through the whole thing, quote after quote after quote after oh, quote yeah. after quote. Right? It's all set forth then. And we don't say that in the preface. We don't. There's no place where we indicate that that's what's going on. But for those of you who know the book, you, you you'll be able to find the prayers that you want to find by by looking through it that way.
13: Okay. Doctor P, quick one on that for uh, for those folks on the millennium, This is Dale or this is Josh. OK, Josh, they, uh, if you're in South Africa, downtown Portland, Seattle or Chicago lead with the millennial, it's bulletproof.
4: <laughs> That's good. Hey, Dr. P, Dr. Thanks, P Josh. I just want to say one thing I forgot to ask you before. Hey, remember when you were teaching last week on on Azeroth, right? Did you say because I looked this up and I was studying the word study. It also says in that word Azareth, which means United States, where we're hidden away like you were teaching. That Yah ya yeah, has yeah. hidden us away here, so the enemy mm-hmm. can't find us. Did mm-hmm. you also say, because I found out that it also says, meaning those set apart.
2: Those set apart. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It set another word in there. I'm like- And I'll tell you. And this is a big part of this, Joshi, is that we want to be set apart. And this is why Marcus's prayer, I think, is important today, because we want to be set apart. We want mm-hmm. Yah to create in us a heart that sets us apart. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. And, you know, and again, you know, and if you ever follow my teaching, you'll discover that Amorica, America, was actually, America, this place was yes. named by the Welsh. It was not named yeah, by, by, by this, this, world Christopher guy. Columbus, <laughs> mm. this Italian guy. He never set foot here. That was America's best. Right. Oh, who was he? Oh, he was a guy that used to hang out at the Vatican. We decided to name two continents after him. Get out of here. Get <laughs> out of here with that. Okay. Let's go. I got to catch. Uh, let's go. Thank you. Thank you, Randall, for your discussion. Let's go to Sandy. Sandy, where'd you go? Hello. Hi, Sandy.
1: <laughs> I I didn't want to take away from the subject. It's such a wonderful um, fellowship today. I just so getting so much out of it. I just thank you everybody that's contributing. It's just awesome. <laughs> um, I was just gonna mention um, that you brought up earlier about Lytton, BC. Yes. And I find it. Um, you know, there's so much happening that, like, we see the enemy's hand at work. And I just I just have to keep telling myself that the I, – I might have it wrong, but the snares that the enemy sets for us will be a trap unto themselves because they're willing to, you know, with these fires – BC's been on fire for a few years now. And I find it interesting when we watch our local uh, – I don't watch the local news, but I was at our in-laws and they had it on. And I just, you know, you catch things. So the mayor said that they will rebuild. They always, you know, they always, oh, we will rebuild, right? And but we'll he,
2: re- we will we will rebuild stronger. We will build, we will use, yeah. you know, a big, bigger bricks. We'll use cedars instead of the smaller trees, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. But you know what I caught is he said, we will rebuild to be a green city we will not rebuild the the way um i'm trying to think how he said it but i just caught it. it it's like they're rebuilding these cities now to be their green initiative right they're blaming it on climate change and and all these initiatives right that you know it's there's only a few of us that have that christ has given us eyes to see and we can discern these things but i just pick up the you know you pick up buzzwords here and there and then people have also like around a hundred mile house or different places in bc where the the whole mountains are on fire and the local people are saying you know they've had it they started fighting it and they get it under control and then they would say okay they leave it alone and it all starts up again and the the premier of BC refuses to declare emergency and to get the help that, you know, the other provinces would, they're ready to jump in and help. But it's like they want it to burn. Their, uh,
2: yeah, they do. Now, are you are you up there in Lytton? Where are you, Sandy?
1: I, I'm actually in Alberta. You're in Alberta.
2: Okay. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know 100 Mile House. They had a great ice cream shop there at 100 Mile House. That was a pretty good nice little snack bar in there. And I'm familiar with Lytton too. I've been up that highway many, many times. And uh, that area, you know, too. you know, of course, you know, we had a discussion last night about a person who was a very highly qualified person working for one of the supermarkets here in town. And the boss came to this woman and said, if you're not vaxxed, you have to wear a mask. And she said, well, I'm not getting vaxed, and I'm not wearing the mask. So they fired her. Now they've fired her, they're not going to be able to replace her. I mean, her skill set is so high, they're not going to be able to replace her. That never even crossed their mind. The only thing that crosses their mind is are you in compliance with this death agenda or not? We don't care about anything else. We don't care if the forest survive. We don't care if British Columbia is beautiful anymore. We don't care about anything. All we care about is this ridiculous serpent agenda, which most of them don't even know. And The ones who are enforcing it are enforcing it for next to nothing. You know, will you give up your life for a a ticket to win? You know, a one dollar ticket for a million dollar lottery? Yeah, I'll do that. Would you give up your life uh, for? uh, Would you play Russian roulette if I give you this McDonald's Happy Meal? I mean, that's what they're saying to people, and people are doing it. They're running to give up their life for nothing, and it's the same thing with the politicians. They've sold their soul for five hundred bucks or 1,500 bucks, whatever it may be. And so, and they have no idea what they're doing. It's just like, well, this is what, they're, what they've told us to do. We have to do this because this is what we were told to do. Well, okay, you have no discernment because you have no eyes to see and no ears to hear. But Yah has eyes to see and ears to hear. And Yah is watching over his people. And as he watches over all of this, you know, the people that are in Lytton, we're going to rebuild with a green agenda. What does that mean? We're putting up tombstones there instead of a city. You know, I mean, you know, people, you know, and people who don't know the struggle of Canada, what it was, what has been involved in building civilization in Canada and how difficult it's been. Because that climate is a difficult climate. And people who live in Alberta know the kind of struggle that went on for the farmers to build farms, you know, in that corridor between Edmonton and Calgary, you know, and all of those things. And yet the people in Calgary have become totally disrespectful. They have no reverence whatsoever for Yah. Instead, they revere that stupid stampede and, you know, which is nothing but an adultery fest. And, you know, and so these things, you know, that, that go on. When you think about what was, what was, had to be done to carve out civilization in that wilderness. And now it's just being forsaken because the arrogance of everybody, well, I've got my cell phone there. Therefore, I can burn down my forest. I've got a laptop. Therefore, I don't need to have a chicken coop. You know, I've got, you know what I mean? This is their thinking. This is what's going on in the mind. And this is because they're completely psychotic, they're completely deranged and they're lost. And now the sickle has been plummeted into the earth. And between now and the time that this is done, we as a people have to figure out how our heart is going to be strengthened that we can deal with the mourning that is going to be before us. You know, they will mourn over him whom they have pierced. You think about how billions are going to die from being pierced. Billions are going to die from being pierced. The the snake is biting with both fangs. And when this happens, where are we going to be as a people? We have to be people who are reverent, people who care, and people who will be given a garment of praise and an oil of joy for mourning, because the mourning is going to be upon us. Catherine Wilmot. Catherine, how are you? speak but only speak in a lofty british accent if you would
16: i don't know how to i think i've got an international one.
2: Oh, an international one well this intended to be sticky wicket there
16: basically um amy brought out the first resurrection and and i have to disagree with that sorry amy i love you in <laughs> yeshua um i had a vision a very powerful vision like a film or a dream, you can say I was actually awake. I, I didn't speak anything about first resurrection, wait.
7: but I don't want no, you to say that because that's recording. not what I said. You said
16: Jesus. Not Jesus, Yeshua. No, I didn't say anything yes, about a first I'm sure resurrection. You said he was the first resurrection. Let me have my say. Okay, now hold, on, no, hold yes, on, hold on. What? No, no, time I out. Didn't. Time I'm out. I'm not please. here to hold argue. Hold on.
2: hold on, Time out. Time out. Hold up. Hold it. Time out peace shalom
0: remember that this hold on just
2: a minute katherine just a second this is not a midrash session this is not a midrash session if i don't do midrash because if we did midrash then i'd have to become a rabbi he's pounding my fist on the table all the time trying to make my point point. and i'm not going to do that so rather than us taking on somebody else's perspective or what somebody else said if you want to share your vision,
16: Catherine. Thank you. Okay?
2: But don't put words in Amy's mouth because once you get Amy going, you're going to be down at Trafalgar Square looking for tear gas. <laughs> I,
7: I, I never said anything about a first resurrection. I quoted scripture. He was the first raised up from the dead was my words. That's something different. Than- oh, well, sorry. Okay,
2: you know, thank you, Amy. Thank you. I mean. thank you. you see, okay, Catherine, so tell me, me about your vision. Catherine, tell me okay. about your vision.
16: My vision of the first people raised up from the dead was at the valley of dry bones
2: was at, at the valley of dry bones
16: yes very powerful yeah
2: now okay now, now this the is the
16: second one was lazarus and the third one was yeshua
2: oh okay all right well okay now when you talk about again when you talk about the valley of dry bones you know this was the question that came up
16: now this is um, going to be exactly the same as the last days when they pop in out of graves
2: okay exactly hold on the
16: same.
2: hold on just one second when you talk about the dry bones, you know, somebody asked me about this question on Thursday night. They asked me the question about cremation. And, you know, should a, should a person be cremated or should you just be, you know, buried such that your bones are reta- re- retained, right? This is a big question, particularly when you talk about this passage in Ezekiel over the sinews being recreated on the dry bones, right? And, you know, and there's also and the passage discussing the resurrection of people rising from the grave. Do people rise from their ashes when their ashes are scattered and so forth? And you know, in in many cultures, the scattering of ashes is a curse. When a person is when a person is cremated and then the ashes are scattered, that's a curse. You know, and so and I'm, I'm and I'm not saying, I'm not coming down with and saying that, but what I am saying is is that. When we talk about the Valley of Dry Bones, this this issue of cremation and the issue of not being cremated uh, becomes a very large issue as to what is scripturally sound. You know, in Britain, they didn't allow for cremation until the 1880s. And it was a Druid. It was a Druid that brought the practice into the United Kingdom. It's a Druid, you know. But let's don't get carried away with, I don't want to get carried away with what is the resurrection, which is the first, the second, or the third resurrection. All I can tell you is, is that We do have we do have scripture that Amy was citing about him being the first born, the first born. Right. And Paul talks about this extensively. And it's a very difficult question, because when we talk about the first Adam, the first, you know, like there's a passage I preached this at my father's funeral. You know, the, the scribes and Pharisees come to him and they make this accusation and he says, look, I tell you the truth. Yahweh is the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzhak and Yaakov. And I tell you the truth, he is not the Elohim of the dead, but the Elohim of the living. And they were shocked, absolutely shocked to hear this, this teaching, right? Particularly the Sadducees who did not believe in, you know, eternal life, the life of the soul after death, okay? So we're gonna leave it at that, Catherine. So with that, let me say this to you. I know you've got lots of family in South Africa. I don't know if you were here for Chris's word, giving a good report from South Africa. Yes,
16: I was here. Um, Chris is obviously relatively lucky, but there's still certain pockets where things are really bad. People are lining up huge miles long for food.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I can tell you...
16: And and, and the shops that have been burnt down. I mean... How are they going
2: to deliver to destroyed shops? Well, it can happen, but I, you know, Catherine, Chris, I just ahead. want to say,
8: yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to say that in two, uh, the shops were well, some of them were looted on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. By yesterday, they were fully stocked. It is amazing how the people Incredible. have rallied. To- yeah, it's amazing how the people have rallied together. People that are salary given salaries have done the extra mile to get it's been a miracle that's all that i can say and yes there have been people that have lost their lives and somehow and i don't know doc you can just correct me on that but some are made for honor and some for dishonor and that came to me during this time which 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 gave me peace so i mean i'm not putting a doctrine on that but really there are some that will destruct and that will never ever come to the knowledge of Yahweh. So anyway, I just want to leave it.
2: Yeah, very true. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Thanks, Catherine. (laughs) I'm gonna go, Shelly, let's come back to you. What have we got to and then I'm gonna make this our last question and then John is gonna play some music for us. I see you sitting at the piano, John. You're going to play some music for us before we get out of here. Okay. All right. Shelly, go ahead.
3: I just had a, um, a question. Hopefully it's a quick question. <laughs> um, one of the things that keeps coming back up to me, and, and it prompted me when we were talking about somebody talking about kind of Trump coming back, what keeps coming up to me is this um, quantum financial system right. and um, that uh, the new world order monetary system, the Bitcoin right. system coming in. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Well, you know bitcoin i mean there's you know there are people who are talking about bitcoin going to a hundred thousand dollars and and you know and when it gets to a hundred thousand it may go to a million and it doesn't have anything to do with the value of bitcoin it has to do with the fact that the dollar is becoming absolutely worthless right but i can tell you the bitcoin all cryptocurrencies are like everything else that exists in ai it's all going to be destroyed with the breath of his coming all of it it's just you know when if, you, if we have the right size CME, coronal mass ejection from the sun, it will completely fry every digital chip on earth. Now, we as human beings, some people may die from it, but most won't. But that CME is capable of completely destroying the AI that has been built on the earth. One coronal mass ejection destroys it all. When that happens, You have nothing. These governments who have abolished all of their analog systems in favor of computer, 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 computer. You know, I was reading last night uh, on an intelligence brief that came out of uh, Russia. Their foreign ministry office ditched computers eight years ago and reissued typewriters. And they had typewriters with individually crafted keys so that they can tell every sheet of paper that comes off every typewriter. They know who typed it and when. They can tell because of the coding on the typewriter. They no longer allow computers in the room at all. There's no interface, there's no chance of a hack, there's no chance of a download because they're using typewriters, right? And so we see the same thing happening here. So the only thing that's going to survive after this this CME comes in and completely fries everything, or it's possible that mankind fries it by hitting each other with EMP, electromagnetic pulse weapons, as at the first salvo of World War III. Okay, let's see who's got analog stuff left because we just nuked everything. Now what? And there wouldn't be any people that would die. You know, you set off a nuclear bomb at 100,000 feet. One nuclear, if they set off a 60 megaton, 60 kiloton nuclear bomb at 100,000 feet, the radiation from that, if they set it off over St. Louis, would terminate all of the electronics in the United States with the exception of a far distant point in Maine and of a certain point in Oregon. The rest of the continental United States would be completely black on one, and there wouldn't be a single death from that. That's on just on one EMP. We would do the same over Moscow. They would do the same over Europe. They'd do the same over London. They'd do the same over Japan. We'd do the same thing over Beijing. And the next thing you know, in the first 15 minutes of the war, the whole world is black and nobody's anything is working. All the computers don't work, all the ships don't work, all the all the artillery and the tanks and you know the battlecraft and everything else, all the aircraft, none of them fly, nothing goes, nothing, it's all done. Notwithstanding the fact they may have fuel. And most importantly, no Tesla will be driving down the freeway either, right? They'll be they'll be over. <laughs> That's a car joke. At any rate, so. The point being, the only thing that's going to work is your old 79 Ford, right? Now go fire that baby up and drive down the street. Yeah. That'll still run.
4: Wagon- or don't forget not- our bicycles, Dr. Yeah. P. We can still ride them. Yeah,
2: right. And Tina's VW. Yeah, no, VW I got don't my track. I'll
4: be riding that. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. We, we have Tina, to you know,
2: I,
3: I,
4: We have to exercise
3: and get in shape. That's what I've been trying to work on. <laughs>
2: Just, <laughs> yeah, that's dude, right. We'll keep your walking going, Gardening, going,
3: gardening right? walking.
2: Keep your walking going. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So with that... Uh, Let's let's have let's uh, Tina. Did you want did you want to add something here today? Oh,
9: I well actually, did you say anything when you were doing the um you know like noon, noon, chiffet, noon chepet. You know when you were doing the, the shin rash all of that noon chiffet. Oh oh. Uh,
2: did you do noon
9: chiffet? N U N S. O-F-I-T,
2: I think it's spelled. Oh, Shofit. Oh. Ma Shofit? Yeah. Yeah. When you, so when you talk about Shofit, right? So when you talk about Mishpat, Mishpat is the Yiddishized form of Mishpatim. Mishofetim is the way it should be pronounced because Shofet means judge, right? Shofetim is judges. Ma Shofetim is from the judges. And but instead of saying masho fatim, they say mash fatim, but they don't even say that they say mish instead of ph fatim, masho fatim, they say mash patim. So then it becomes mishpatim, mishpat mishpatim, which means judgment well, you, or judgments.
9: Well you had um like in what I'm doing, you know, you you had Yod, Shin rest Mahmid. Nun
2: safet Oh, noon-safet. Oh, noon-safet. So yeah, noon, so yeah, now the sofit letters, there are, there are five sofit letters in the modern Hebrew, and those are ending letters of a word, right? So noon-safet so is one of them. So noon, which kind of looks like a staple, right? Noon-safet so is like a, a line and a half long Bob. noon-safet. So Kav-safet, so mem-safet, so these are the, what's called the Sofit letters. They're, they when those letters appear at the end of the word, they use a Sofit letter to in, to indicate the end. It's how they rightly divide the word.
9: It's the noon, like in the alphabet, N
2: U N. N U N. Yeah, noon. Yeah, noon.
9: Sophite, Sofit. S O F I T.
2: That's it. Yep. Noon. Okay. Sophite, and
9: last thing, and I'll go. How's the new lexicon coming along?
2: Oh well, I can tell you that. We have, we are gathering the, um, we're gathering the primary roots. I mean, you're asking. technical questions. You it. It. I'll give you an answer. We're, we are oh, gathering, an we're gathering the technical roots, the primary roots together. And we're going to be gathering the concordance in a way. I mean, there's really some blessing that's happening. We have this fellow, uh, David Weem, who is producing the Sefer in Paleo Hebrew, the entire book in Paleo Hebrew.
0: Oh, and great.
2: And so when this, when this book is completed in Hebrew, then we're going to be able to run the concordance against the entirety of the Hebrew. So what we're doing right now is we're preparing the concordance uh, by taking the Hebrew words and we're, we're reorganizing the Hebrew words in terms of we're numbering the primary roots. And then from the primary roots, we're going to have secondary words that are derived from those primary roots. Now, like for instance, when we talk about the primary roots, shofet, Right, shofet. You have this primary root: the shin fin, uh, shin apay tav shofet. Then we're going. That will be set up as the primary root, and then we'll be talking about shofet, shofetim, mishpat, mishpatim, etc., in terms of how the prefixes are used okay. and, and the suffixes. And then these words are going to be gathered under the primary roots. So, although there will be strong references, reference numbers used, we are using a new reference system called the kafar, or the safar, you, know, you have to remember that in Hebrew, so we have the word Sefer for our text, samik pe resh, Sefer. okay, now, but that word also is pronounced Saffar, and the Saffar samik pe resh, means to count, so sephir, a numbered writing, sephir, the verb, to count, when you put the yod in there, samik pe yod resh, it becomes an engraved numbered writing, sapphire, mm-hmm. sapphire, right? Mm-hmm. So that is an engraved numbered writing, sapphire. And so we're going to be okay. using the word sapphire, sapphire, to, uh, to uh, uh, number the primary roots. So the primary roots will have a sapphire number that will go one to whatever the number of roots is. So we'll have one to whatever. This is going to be the primary roots of uh, inside the concordance. And we're setting forth the concordance in Paleo-Hebrew with a Paleo-Hebrew pronunciation and a uh, and also a Aramaic block script form with a Masoretic pronunciation. So there'll be a Masoretic pronunciation there accompanying the word and a Paleo-Hebrew pronunciation accompanying the word. Now the Paleo-Hebrew pronunciation scheme is completely different than the Masoretic this the the grammatical aspects of it are not that different but the pronunciation scheme is dramatically different because rather than merging the the prefix to the word like you would have with mishpat right so you have like francis like i'm into the word Babidbar, midbar the midbar
7: Dr. P, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I, I, my battery's going on my tablet here. Can you let me in? I'm trying to get in on my phones before this cuts off on me. Forgive me. I didn't want to interrupt, but I've got like 2%. I got of you. The I got you.
2: Thank got you. you. <laughs> okay. So when you talk about the Mishpatim or Bamidbar, with Bamidbar, you have two prefixes. You have bait and you have mem. Then you have the word Devar. So Devar, we know, is the word right? Bait would mean in. Mem would mean from. So what does this mean? Well, in the Hebrew, they translate this as in the wilderness. So bait is in, but mem means what? From. You're in a place that is from the word. You're from, and because you're from the word, you're in the wilderness because you're not at a place where the word can be found. You're from the word. So bait, mem, Davar, double prefix. But when you read it in the in the Yiddish, they tell you, or the, the Aramaic, they'll tell you, well, that's mid midbar. They join the, the, the prefix to the first letter of the word, thereby disguising the word itself. They disguise the root because they've merged the prefix under the first letter of the word. And so now the root becomes indistinguishable. You can't find it. In the paleo, we're not going to be doing this in the Paleo. We will we will be retaining the root, and then you will have the prefix which will be independently sounded. Now, also, there's no vowels in the in the Aramaic block. There's no vowels, but there are vowels in the Paleo that are the vowels are going to be illustrated, such that we will have a vowel such as you know uh, a is actually a, the aleph is actually a. It's aleph. And you know, the Yod is E, and, and, and the, the Vav is O and U, and the ayin is a, right? And the He is Ah, but not in every application. So we'll be talking about this. So we're going to have, well, we will have the Paleo-Hebrew. We're going to have the Paleo-Hebrew pronunciation. We will have a concordance, which tells you everywhere that word is found. Then we're going to have the words that are derived from the primary root. And we will tell you where that word is found in the text. Now, when we have a complete paleo version of the Sefer, then we will have a complete concordance and you will be able and the concordance look. If you think the if you think the millennial edition is fat, when you see this concordance man, it's going to be big a, a big fat concordance. But it is going to give you it will give you a complete guide, you know, that is Israel by the will of Yah well, we we will get this accomplished. We will get this done. This concordance will give you is going to give you a complete tool for being able to read the paleo, being able to pronounce the paleo, and being able to understand the paleo. So you will be able to open up the book and go, hey, I can read this stuff. Because the pronunciation code is going to be very, very simple. It's going to be very simple. You're going to, once you have memorized the alphabet, you're going to be able to read it. Aha, boom. I can read this. Dalit, if the letter is Dalit, then the D is pronounced Da. If the letter is gimel, then the g is pronounced g. If the he is ah, then the he is pronounced ah. If the mem is mem, then the mem, then the mem is pronounced meh. If the noon is nu, then the, then the noon is pronounced nu. So when you see the letter, if you know the out of bait, you're going to be able to pronounce the letter. Then you put the you put the 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 uh, the vowel sound into into its appropriate place. And so you're going to read Adam, you'll be able to read Adam. It's Adam, Adam, it's Alef, Adam, Adam. And so now you start to see. oh, I see. Now I, now I understand why they called the letter A and not A. Now I understand why it's pronounced Elohim, not Aluhim. Right? Okay. That's. What oh, I can't mean. wait
9: for have to come. I
2: could use that right
9: now, actually. <laughs> you
2: know right. what I mean? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I hear you, Tina. I hear you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna let we're gonna hear a little bit of music from John if we can. And then I want to thank you guys so much for, for being with us today here on Shabbat. It's been a wonderful time together again. And may you all be blessed, may your families be blessed in the name of Yah. And may, may his word be upon us, his grace be around us, his mercy within us, and his covering over us. Yeah, hallelujah. John, are you still with us? Are you gonna play some music for us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. All
5: right. Well, uh, a while back, you said, uh, sing this, you chief singers. So uh, that's what this one comes from. So you, you'll know where it comes from when you hear it. I stand in awe of all your might show us your glory now in this time of need you shake the earth and the nations tremble one look from you and the mountains crumble even if there's no fruit on the vine Even if the rivers all run dry, even when they come to take my life, yet I will rejoice in Yahweh. Yes I my Yeshua, Yahweh Adonai is my strength and my song and my deliverance, and He makes me
15: me too.
9: Yeah. Oh. Shabbat
2: shalom, everybody. Very nice, John. Thank you so much, brother.
9: Thank you,
4: John. That
3: was beautiful. That was gorgeous, John. Was
10: Brought a great, Thank great, you, John. That
1: great, great was
10: lovely. Today, that was gorgeous. Thank you, John. Thank you.
2: Shabbat, Shabbat
1: shalom. shalom. Shabbat shalom, you guys. We'll, we'll Shabbat,
12: see Shabbat
0: you shalom. shalom. Thank you, John.
4: Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom, Dr.
0: P. You, Shalom. Well, Shalom.
12: Well. Yeah.
0: Love you all. Shabbat Shalom. 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 everyone.
4: Shabbat We'll Shalom.
0: see you today, one day
4: in the air. Bye, family. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, rest, have a rest, great rest of Shabbat. Thank you. Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom. 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 Bye. bye.
9: bye. bye.